Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League Rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And finally, the fifth and last NRL podcast is back for another season, Boxhead. It is back, my friend. We are back. We are back. And from memory, it is year number six. You 20... said, Jeff. 2013 was our first year. Yep, we kicked off and it's uh, 2018 now. Nice growth over the past five years. Heading to our sixth season here. A massive thank you before things even kick off. Have to go out to everybody who supported the show and... Things have kicked along nice and steady, but the season preview, you know how things work after a massive off-season. The Melbourne Storm winning last year's premiership, they have to back it up this year. We've had the World Cup, uh, Australia victorious in that one. Don't want to spend a whole lot of time, to be honest, on that side of things. Just very, very keen to rip into football for 2018. But season preview will work as it always does. Basically, we go through the teams uh, in order alphabetically. So Brisbane Broncos through to the West Tigers. We have a quick chat about last season. Uh, this season, we look at the ins and outs, the squad in general, players up and coming, thoughts for the season ahead, and then we place where we think that team is going to finish at the end of the regular season, heading into the finals. And we also give our future picks, as we always do. So premieres, minor premieres, uh, you know, spoon, etc., all those kind of things. And generally, for the punters out there, we do the overs-unders for each team. Uh, So framed markets, depending on the betting agency, and we'll give uh, where we think they'll win over or under. And just on that, before we get kicked off, unfortunately, uh, no more relationship with WilliamHill.com for this season moving forward after five years, Boxhead. So a little bit sad there, that relationship that we had, but uh, currently trying to seek someone else to come on board as the betting sponsor, pick up that responsibility as the charity account, which William Hill did so generously for the last five years. So Fingers crossed we get somebody on board there. But I uh, have to send a thank you to them for the support for the last five years on the show. And uh, just for anyone else out there, obviously we've put up before about some sponsorship. We've had some interaction with a couple of different people so far. If you do have an interest in coming on board with the fifth and last NRL podcast for sponsorship, feel free to inbox us on the page anytime with any questions that you've got. And uh, on top of that as well, next week, I'm thinking maybe Monday or Tuesday, probably do a round one show. Let yep. the fans ask us any questions that they want before the season kicks off and just do our tips and all that kind of stuff heading into kickoff on March 8th. What do you reckon? Yep, sounds good. There you go. So other than that, I think the only last little thing I want to quickly plug in there, anyone that hasn't seen it also, uh, yourself and myself will be at the Pioneer Tavern, 23rd of March. Yep. Charity luncheon for the Great Walk Foundation. They were our charity last year, sports luncheon with MG and Freddie Fittler. So we'll be picking the brain of the new New South Wales Blues coach and Hopefully, he's taken us in the right direction and we're not going to hold back, that's for sure. We won't hold back, no. So, March 23rd, if you're interested in that, head to the Pioneer Taverns page on Facebook or I think oztix.com is the other one. It's $100 per head. Pretty sure that's buffet lunch. There's a bottle of wine on the table. Freddie Fittler's there. There's raffles, door prizes, 
all sorts of things, and you're also helping a good cause in the Great Walk Foundation. But now, down to business, Boxhead. Yeah. Previewing the season ahead, and the first team we have off the rank is the Brisbane Broncos. So looking at things last year, um, you know, Hunt was leaving before the season kicked off. I think, did that have an impact on the way he played? I, I don't really necessarily know if it did or not, but I don't think they as a team really reached any great heights last year. They were lacking a fair bit of consistency, especially in the halves. Um, and at the end of the year when they lost McCulloch, that really hurt their chances. But I think the main thing that was lacking last year was the lack of impact in their forward pack. So things didn't end up quite as you'd hoped at Brisbane. Obviously, the origin drain didn't help them as well, and they ended up getting hammered in that preliminary final. And it's a bit of a new era moving into this season as well. I don't think, it was a pl- I don't think they made a preliminary. They made uh, week two. Penrith beat them, didn't they? No, they played against uh, Melbourne and then got hammered oh, they 30 did too. Zip, Yeah, so. they did too. Yeah. yeah. They beat Penrith the week before. It must have been. Beat Penrith in that ugly game. Penrith yeah. had plenty of football, but yeah, a bit of a sad right. end of the season. They got murdered against Melbourne down in Melbourne. But yeah, they just had a lack of consistency all season. Milford obviously hurt his shoulder there. Ben Hunt had to move into nine when McCulloch went out, thanks to Adam Blair. Cheap shot in somebody in that Parramatta game, which landed on his knee, but they never reached any great heights. Uh, plenty of contributors to origin as always, but key guys moving on. After a bit of time, isn't an end of an era. I probably wouldn't go that far, but there is a few key losses and there's a few new blokes coming in. But last season, they finished third, then ended up playing that preliminary. They were second in attack, fourth in defence. Um, but yeah, I think the lack of middles. But looking at this season, moving ahead, Jack Byrne, the big key signing who comes in there. Also, uh, Andre Saveo, who was coming over from the Super League, but he's unfortunately already blown his ACL. So mm. he won't be a part of their side, really. Sam Tagatizi comes in as a, a bit of a stopgap there in the front row. And the other player is Patrick Mager, one who's had some time at Canberra and at the Cowboys, finally debuted last year. Young bloke who's got plenty of size. He might get an opportunity there. But losses, Jai Arrow, Adam Blair, Herman SASA. Uh, you've obviously got Ben Hunt, the big one, Moger and Marshall. So there's a fair bit of depth that's gone out of the club and up and coming. Uh, you've got Matt Lodge, who's obviously the very controversial one, highly touted. We know plenty about him as a junior. He's a bloke that's played you know, very high levels of football at a young age, but has had some off-field issues, and there's been plenty of uh, issues surrounding his return. A lot of fans aren't happy about it. Um, yeah, which yeah, you can understand. Completely understand, but unfortunately we're not there's getting... No real, there's no real consistency in who gets sat out and who doesn't. So. Yeah, we're not going to get into that side of things, unfortunately. But the you know matter of fact that it is, he's been registered. He's going to be playing back in the NRL this year. Um, they've also got another young front row, Payne Haas, David Fafita, another young 18-year-old from up there at Kiever Park. So they're going to have to rely on those guys, Pat Carrigan, etc. But looking at their side, moving into this season, uh, what are your thoughts, Boxhead? Yeah, I'll... Probably similar to what I thought last year. I I don't have them in my eight, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop them out. I don't know. I just the halves for me. The halves are the, the massive question. Can Milford steer a side around on his own? Is Nicarima up to it? I've got my doubts. Yep, uh, I'm looking at it, and I kind of had similar mm. thoughts, but when I went over everything, um, you know. I kind of looked at that as well, and the halves were my big question mark. The other thing is McCulloch. You come back from an ACL, they reckon he's shaky for round one, but most likely good to go. How does that hold up? He carries a lot of the burden there. Darius Boyd, he had the hamstring issues last year. Is he going to hold up for the whole season? Yeah, is he going to be fit? I think he's going to need the support of both of those guys. Jack Bird, uh, his availability is still not going to be to a couple of rounds in, and honestly, I think he ends up playing in the centres. So if you're looking at their best side, um, it's not too bad. You've got Boyd, probably Kahu, Roberts, Bird, and Oates I had on the wing, but they're talking about him playing in the back row. Milford, Nicarima, probably halves. Lodge will start with Sims, I guess. McCulloch at nine. Gillette, Glenn Maguire, Offhand Gowie, Thiday, Pangai. Um, there's, it's a fairly young front row, and I think I said this to you in the off-season. My big issue is that I thought they lacked last year in the middle. 
yeah. um, with Adam Blair and Sims, who was hit and miss in his first year there. But there's a big burden now on Matt Lodge, who, as much as he come close to winning the Queensland Cup Player of the Year last year, he hasn't been playing that NRL level football. Uh, Payne well, Haas. What? How many years now? Oh, it's been at least two yeah, or three and he years. He hasn't really. Has he ever played a full NRL season? No. Does no. Payne Haas come in, this young stud who's you know a big human being? He hasn't played a full season. Pat Carrigan, I don't even know if he's part of that top 30 because these new rules. I think Thido's going to have to plug in there. I think Maguire, et cetera, um, offhand Gowie. But I've got question marks similar to you on those spine positions where they can do it. And obviously Origin, they're probably going to have four or five guys involved as usual. Yeah. So on that side of things, I... I kind of wrestled with the thoughts there of what was going to happen, but I couldn't take them out of the eight. And the reasons for that being mainly the advantage they get at home. They usually get a pretty friendly draw as far as consistency in their turnarounds. And Wayne Bennett, uh, he always seems to just find a way. So I, I don't have high hopes for them as far as being a premiership threat. Yeah. But in looking at things, and I may regret this, I've found them in the bottom half of my eight. And to be completely honest, I think there's almost 13, 14 teams you could argue could get into the eight. There's three, probably four or five I really think are guaranteed, but then there's a glut of teams I could make arguments for. But yeah, just, for me, it's this is the most difficult season probably since we started doing our previews for I, me yes, to pick one of the who deepest. finishes where. Yeah. But uh, on saying that, I'm going to give them you know that bit of faith that the Brisbane Broncos generally do find a way, and I've put them at seventh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to throw them at tenth. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, don't really consider them much of a premier th- uh, ship threat, but Boyd's health, McCulloch's health are going to have a massive factor on supporting those two halves. I agree with you, and you probably agree that I think Milford and Nickerim are both more sixes than they are sevens. Yeah. The lack of kicking game was already there last year, and now with Hunt gone, there's basically not really a whole lot of a kicking game. OB's in the forward pack's not too bad, but also a question mark on that very young front row, and I think Offerhand Gowie, Tagatizi, in particular Thida in his last year, Penguai Junior, they're all going to have to step up and share that burden. So yeah. um, I'm more giving it backing to the consistency of the Brisbane Broncos side. But uh, Premiership, as far as their odds are concerned, they're $12 to win the comp, $10 to win the minor Premiership. Top four, they're two seventy five. Top eight, $1.45. To miss the eight, they are two two sixty five. So there's your juicy odds there if you agree with Brock. The Spoon, $51, no hope. Over under Brock, 13 and a half games. So clearly if you've got under. them out, you'd be going the under there. Because I've got them at the bottom of the eight, usually 12 to 13 wins gets you in. 13 and a half, I'm right on the borderline there. Um, I'm going to say over, just. But it wouldn't surprise me if they just crept under there. But Brisbane Broncos, I've got them seventh. Brock has them tenth. The Canberra Raiders, tenth last year. No finals after falling one short of the grand final the year before that. They were third in attack, 10th in defence. Uh, last year was just flat and frustrating and so many blown chances, Boxhead. They were a side with so much promise. They come flying out of that year before and you wondered whether they could control things and get it back under wraps. But for all that hype, there were so many close games. They couldn't close out, just errors, penalties, the spine. You couldn't find the balance between 6, 7 and 9. And in particular, the 6 and the 7 didn't really have great years. Uh, felt that Caesar got a little bit better by the end of the season and started to take a bit more control. But on top of that, I thought the forwards were pretty poor last year after being outstanding in that lethal back line and especially the combination of Rapana and Leilua. A lot of those guys had down years last year. Yeah, they did. Absolutely. Um, difficult side to work out because the year before that, everyone sort of thought, well, last year, I guess it was, wasn't it? They, they made the preliminary final against Melbourne the year before. Um, obviously lost that game in a close one. And then last year was just a year from hell. It was a year from hell. They couldn't get any consistency. Their discipline was poor. They lost a lot of close games. So uh, I'm keen on them. I'm not as keen as I was, obviously, this time last year. But 
Uh, I like their side. The obvious hole is Josh Hodgson not being there. So whether they can find someone to fill that void and the halves can step up around it. I thought Jack White had his best year last year. So yeah. I, I like the pieces they've got. Well, the forward pack. The, the obvious question is is the hooker. The forward pack still got time to kind of turn things around. I guess you've also got. Uh, on the other side of that, that back line can lay lure Rapana. These guys return this year. I mean, in saying that, Rapana did have a good year last year, as did Nick Kotrick, the boom youngster. But uh, yeah, their right edge D was one of the worst in the competition, in particular lay lure and Austin. And they also made the l- most errors in the last five minutes. And I think they lost eight or nine games well, by less than six points, which pretty much sums up under pressure. They crumbled. But my big issue was Ricky Stewart again. Made all his excuses. He didn't evolve as a team. He blamed, uh, had a new excuse every single week. You've got to evolve. Teams get video on you, teams figure you out. Last year, I thought Canberra didn't evolve at all. So uh, looking at them this year, they've got Charlie Gubb coming over, Craig Garvey and Saliva Harvilla. They're two of those guys like you spoke about that could possibly be fighting for that nine spot for more reports. Yeah, but there's no real – when you look at it, there's no real standout. No. Just slot into that but role at the Saliva Harvilla for more reports and what they're talking out of there is going to get the first crack. Uh, Sam Williams is a big in that comes back, and we talked about the inconsistency of those halves. Mm-hmm. There's an opportunity there for him if they're not happy with those two players who both need big years, Caesar and Austin, because they're off contract, for him to make his way back in. Um, can one of those guys push into the nine spot instead of one of those hookers we've talked about? Can you play Williams or Austin off the bench instead or, you know, and start one of those guys with Caesar or vice versa? Well, yeah, was Sam Williams. Can Sam Williams play there? Oh, I think defensively might be an issue Sometimes in the middle of the field. Sometimes like you but... just get your best players on the field, so... Yeah. Looking, I, I like I like the piece they've got, apart from that obvious injury. Yeah, and you look at the losses, there's nothing really huge there, like Clydesdale, um, Lima, Priest, Sorensen, Dave Taylor. I think the big one was probably Kurt Baptiste. They let him go just before they had this kind of issue yeah. arise. So he was one that I think would have About got a timing. lot more time there. But, um, yeah, as far as the players that left, most of those guys were kind of in and out of their first-grade side. Good young kids. They re-signed one. Jack Murchie, who was a New South Wales under-20s representative, a back rower, and Emre Gouler, a young front rower they've got coming up there. But um, I don't know. As far as reps are concerned, it's another big year for a bloke like Papali. I look at all those things, and that's another thing that motivates you sometimes. Two halves, a rep uh, back rower. These kind of guys all coming off contract. Their draw is actually quite friendly yep. this year. Uh, the rep burden's probably not going to be there. I was very much borderline putting them in. And on top of that, there's reports at Hodgson could be ready to go by around 17 or 18 if his rehab goes well. So can they hold themselves in good enough stead? Well, I've heard it'll be earlier than that. So. Well, that's the thing. Can they hold himself in good enough stead to get in a position <laughs> to get him back and maybe find their way into the bottom of the eight? Uh, I'm guessing that you're going to have more faith than me. I think it's a massive year for Boyd, Leilua, Austin Caesar, etc. Contract years. And I also think that if Whiten doesn't continue with that vein of form we spoke about, that there's a possibility that Nick Kotrick moves to his natural position of fullback. Yeah, um, I've got yeah. question marks on how the spine ends up as well if things aren't going well as far as nine, the half, Sam Williams' involvement. <clears throat> so um, I was very close to putting him in purely off the forward pack and the back line, but I don't have enough faith in that spine. I've got Canberra finishing 10th. I've got him 8th. So there you go. You've just got him slipping yeah. in. I've got him just <laughs> outside. But again, like I said, really well, one of probably eight teams that could... That are well. Oh, massively. As far as you'd reps, make them very similarly. As far as reps, it's probably only Papali. If these guys do the job, if the forwards rediscover really their form, if the backline ships in and the spine, like I said, contract years, you've got as much motivation as you need. Uh, pretty nice draw to start the year off. I think I looked at yeah, it based so, on last year. Yeah, I understand right. that. But yeah. the bottom four from last year that I looked at doesn't look like it's going to be much better. And I think they play seven games against the bottom four. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just 
I, I can't trust that spine. I hope they do step up because a couple of years before that, like you said, they were an absolutely outstanding football side. But the odds for them, $23 to be the Premiers, minus $15, top four, $4 for the Raiders, top eight, $1.85 to miss the eight, $1.90. Uh, the Spoon, they are 17 and the over-under for Canberra is 11.5. So I'm going to assume you're going over if you've got them in the finals. What was the over-under? Is 11.5. Yeah, yeah, over. So you've got them over. Uh, 11.5 for me. If I've got them on the outside, I'm going to have to say under. But again, that's right on that mark where if you miss the finals, it's 11 or 12. 12 last year missed the finals. 13 was the mark in. So yeah. um, I'd say they're going to be right around that mark there again. So Canberra, I've got 10th. Brock, you've got them 8th. The Bulldogs, finally. There's some change at the Bulldogs. We've been begging for some kind of change, whether it be in style or coach or just absolutely anything. But uh, the Dogs, 11th last year, no finals. They were last in attack. No surprise. Seen as nothing had absolutely changed since the 2012 season yeah. when they made that grand final. Seventh defensively, um, it was a bad year. Dez's demise, changes in the board, um, you know, players, salary cap mismanagement, bad recruitment, not much coming through the junior pathways all around. Everything finally came to a head. As far as things were concerned there, Rayland Castle obviously gone, and now we've got Ray Dib, who's on the out, and there's a new board oh, coming gone, in. So yeah. uh, there's been a lot of changes in a short space <laughs> of time. Heard very positive reports from Dean Pay coming back in, and they're looking back to get to their roots. So there's two big recruits obviously coming in, in Aaron Woods and Kieran Foran. Uh, there's also a lot of others that they've brought in that. New Brown, uh, Offa Hickey Ogden's a young back row, who's pretty good from the Warriors. Uh, Benji Marshall's younger brother's a utility. Moses Suley, Mason Ceruto from Penrith, who was in that cup-winning side. John Olive, um, you know, there's a fair bit out the door as well, obviously, with that salary cap. James Graham, Sam Cassiano, Josh Reynolds, namely some of the bigger ones, and then there's some depth players as well. But uh, looking at this one, I'm hearing there's still salary cap pressure. They're trying to offload Aiden Tolman right now. They're talking to the Titans. They're talking to Newcastle. So I'm still kind of surprised how you get Moses Suley in on a big deal if you've still got salary cap well, issues. already suspended him. Already punted him and from training. So. That's the other one out there. I've seen a lot of people writing about that. If you think Ivan Cleary's just punting him for the sake of it and people are going, ah, oh, the Tigers, like, you've got to know the background story. The bloke's overweight. He's not doing his rehab. He's not turning up for training. Ivan Cleary's trying to build a, you know, a solid culture over there. He's looked at a 19-year-old kid who's on $400,000 a year and said, you don't really care. So there's the door. See you later. The Bulldogs are happy to take a punt on him. I hope things work out for the kid and uh, that Dean Payne and those can correct him. Well, but. I... I hope he pulls his head in so do and then I. things will work out for the kid. But if he wants to keep, I mean, disrespecting the game, theoretically, yeah, and wasting opportunities, then exactly. good riddance to him. $400,000. There's plenty of other good kids there that'll, that'll take his spot. Yeah, and we all know how it works. It doesn't matter how much you're getting paid in that. In a year or two, he'll be irrelevant if he doesn't pull his finger out. Right. And no amount of talent at the junior level is going to help you succeed at the NRL level if you don't put the work well, in. Well, it doesn't look like uh, smart recruitment at the moment. Yeah, well, he's already been sent home twice, so let's see if he can turn things around. But on their front there, um, you know, young kids coming through. I said last year, Renoff Tormaga, who apparently has had a big preseason. He's not looking too bad. Jaden Olkenbar. There's a kid they've signed from the under-20s. I don't think he'll be playing grade this year. But new coach, new philosophy. Dean Pay's come in. He wants them to attack. He wants them to get back to old school, playing hard, push the offloads. Michael Leisha, who I've said for a while I've had raps on, has had a couple of poor years. The back end of the season when he was let off the leash, I thought was fairly good. Um, he looked a lot sharper. So Kieran Forum, my big issue there, can he last the whole year? We've seen in the last few years all the bumps and bruises. When he's on, he's on. He's an outstanding football player, but honestly, I don't have faith that he's going to last the whole season. And the partner they're going to have for him, mm -hmm. is it going to be New Brown? They're talking it's going to be Matt Frawley. I'm not really a huge fan, and I don't really see a lot of wins if Matt Frawley is his halves partner. 
Moses and Bight at the back, I've got no problem with. He's fast enough. He can ball play, and it's probably a better role to suit him. But again, um, just looking at the halves pairing, I don't know if I've got enough faith in it. And you look at the back line, it's not too bad. You've got the Morrises, Hopwade, Montoya, the Ford Pack, Clemmer, Woods, Jackson, Fatalamara, probably Elliott. Um, you know, look at that. It's a pretty solid side, and I think they're going to give teams problems because especially they've always had a pretty good defensive culture. But I'm just not so sure I've got enough faith uh, in things to turn around in such a short period of time. Players in new key positions, and the big one is Kieran Foran. He's the real driving force of this. <clears throat> if Matt Frawley is his partner, I, I don't see enough wins there, and I still don't have enough faith that he's going to hold up for the whole year. Mm. Yeah, I, I would think it'd be, have to be New Brown that'll go and partner in the halves. But well, that's what I would have thought. The but... people are, yeah. There's a lot of murmurs coming out. That's going to be Frawley. Uh, yeah, I, I know they've got a new coach, but yep. that that new buzz and the excitement around the new style of play. In the end, the fact of the matter is. They've had as much go out as they have come in. I'm with you on the Kieran Foran thing. If he stays fit, plays his best footy, they're a top eight team probably. Yeah, and that forward but pack do is Do I have faith good. in the fact that he's going to be on the field? Recent history suggests that he won't be, so I've got them out of the eight. Yeah, I've got them out of the eight, but this is another one of those ones where you look at the forward pack, like we said, if he stays healthy, that back line's fairly solid and this new style does come off, they could be in the eight. But they're also going to feel it at origin time, you'd guess as well, because if Woods, Clammer, Jackson all go out, uh, if Foreign's not healthy, they're going to lose players, even though it's less effective this year. Yeah. Um, that's one of those things. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I like some of the buying, but I still think there's a lot to work on. They're going to have to keep working on their salary cap and relieve some pressure this year. And, yeah, I'm not really liking the fact that Kieran Foreign, I don't know if he's going to last the whole season. So I've got them finishing 13th. Some people may see that as a bit harsh. But, again, if they slipped into the bottom of the eight, I really wouldn't be surprised. I've got them 11th. There you go. Uh, overs and unders for the Bulldogs is nine and a half. So if I've got them at 13, I'm probably going to have to say under there, but I reckon, again, the bookies are right on the money there. Ooh, what is it? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. <clears throat> yeah, I'll say over. You're going to go the over? So you reckon I reckon, about I reckon they'll win 10. 10 or 11. Um, the odds for the Bulldogs this year, $34 for the Premiers, 41 for the Miners, top four, $7, top eight, $3. To miss the eight, $1.36. The Spoon, $7, and that over-under, like we spoke about, but yeah, there's some positive steps, um, but I'm, yeah, I'm still just not a whole lot sure. Depth is another thing that you've got to look at in some key positions. If they do lose one of those halves, he's clearly ready to go. They keep talking about him, but he hasn't played over the last 18 months, two years. Lachlan Lewis, uh, Matt Frawley, we've seen enough of. I'm just not sure there's enough there. So yeah. big job for that forward pack if they can hold up. And obviously Kieran Foran to stay healthy and players in new positions such as Mbai and Leisha. Can he let loose this year? I think he'll have a big year. That's one thing I'm going to throw out there. The Cronulla Sharks, uh, moving on to them. Fifth last year, and they went to week two of the finals where they were upset by the Cowboys. Oh, that was... Yeah, was that? That was the Cowboys. Who was it? The Cowboys upset the Sharks last year. They did, in they did. round one. In, round one. It was round finals. one. There you go. Yeah. Well, I've stuffed that up. They didn't attack last year. They were 10th, kind of feeling the pinch of losing Michael Ennis and uh, obviously Benny Barber, and defensively, they are still second, but... Realistically, we talked about them every week. We're very frustrated. They never pulled the trigger. They never seemed to be able to get a second gear. They had probably the most errors in the competition. They were close to one of the most penalised sides, and they still defended and won a lot of games very, very ugly. But it finally come bit them on the ass. obviously, at the end of the year in that semi-final where they only completed at about 50%. Almost 20 errors, 10 penalties, and the Cowboys rolled them. So, um, you know, that green final hangover, we kind of see that, and we saw that in their club. Losing those two players hit their offence. Uh, still a tough and gritty side, but the polish was kind of gone. 
Um, you know, Holmes was solid at the fullback without being outstanding. He wasn't the same player. Braley was in and out. Seguiaro wasn't quite up to his same standard playing at nine, so they struggled to fill those gaps. The CEO at the start of the season, along with Barber, he had two issues with drugs before a ball's even been kicked. Then you've got Maloney kind of moping through the year because he wants his contract sorted out, and there's a couple other guys in that situation. Um, it's not really surprising when a team wins a comp. There is usually a bit of you know sluggishness the next year, and that was the case, I think, with the Sharks. Yeah, and, and you know they've got to travel overseas and do all that sort of stuff, so... I'm not surprised at all, particularly in the fact it was their first ever premiership. Mm. Uh, And a lot of those guys are older sort of fellas as well. So they lost, they had the Ben Barber drama and had to move some players around. So, yeah, there there were some some dramas they had there last year. But, yeah, a lot of things have to align for you to win a premiership. And especially things just didn't align. And they were still very good. Yeah. And like we said, they never even never got to a point where they were consistent. We were waiting for them to click, and they yeah. just never really did. And then they obviously got caught out in that finals game. But looking at things this year, as far as gains and losses, I think, honestly, they've put themselves in a pretty solid position again. So coming in, uh, you've got Josh Dugan, who obviously this week there's talk that he had the incident already at the pub. Uh, quite disappointing, but a quality player on his day. Matt Moylan in, basically swaps for Maloney. Aaron Gray, Arvasi and Manafunai from the Tigers, the front row, Braden Ueli. Trent Hodkinson, which is a great move as far as getting halves deaf because a lot of play, uh, clubs don't have it. Yeah. And then you've got Scotty Sorensen. So looking at the losses, obviously Bird and Maloney are the two big ones you're looking at, and there's a fair bit of depth that's gone out the door. Heinington, who's been a solid servant, Gerard Beal, Farmanu Brown, Lattimore, Tagatizi, etc. But a lot of these guys last year were still playing bit roles. And the real upside for the Sharks is they had an outstanding under-20s team. Even though they did not win the comp, there's a lot of kids they are very confident that are coming through in this team that are going to play first grade for them. So... They've got some younger legs in the door. They've got a Dugan who makes their back line quite deadly. They've got a decent backup half in Hodkinson on a cut price deal. Matty Moylan, as we both said, I'm still not his biggest fan of him playing in the halves, but it gives him another dynamic player. Uh, you know, Does that dynamic work out of Townsend? Does Hodkinson come in? Does he move back to fullback Moylan and Holmes to a wing? I don't know, but they've got a lot of versatility. They've got a pretty dangerous back line in the forward pack when you look at things. They've still got some pretty good options in, in that department. You've obviously got Wade Graham, quality player. Gallon last year with that rep football was outstanding. Luke Lewis keeps talking about this trainer that's changed the <laughs> regime and he's playing his best football. For Fida White, he can be bipolar at times. Uh, him, Pryor, Simon Afana, Bakuya, Catewell. If that's kind of the side you're running with, I think they're still a real threat this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think a lot of things have to go right. And the big thing, and we've already seen it, is they've got a lot of characters at that club now. So with Matty Moylan... Well, Moylan and Dugan coming in is going to bring a off-field dynamic that's going to add to the Fafita and... Yeah. We've yeah got a, that could certainly go pear-shaped. Seguiara. There's yeah. a lot of guys there that have got some stuff off the field and just a lot of ego. So can that all work together? That could work against them. But at the same time, when you look at it, you've got to be realistic. This could potentially be, to me, a top-four side. Yeah, I agree. They're going to feel the origin pinch, though, obviously, when you look at their side, Holmes... Dugan, very much likely. Does Moylan get back in the mix or is Fafita going to play? I'm not 100% sure. Graham. But you look at Graham, there's at least three there you can guarantee and a possibility of five. So yeah. um, they've got a pretty quality side. I think they are also got one of the better sort of depth and we talk about those key positions. Uh, you've got Hodkinson there who they've picked up. They've got a couple of guys coming through. They're under 20s. Like I said, Billy Magulius is a great young forward. Britt Nakora, back rower. Flanagan, his own son. Uh, very, very good. And potentially Sione Katoa, they reckon he's got a chance to start round one on the wing, who was an outstanding finisher for them, uh, obviously in the under-20s. But uh, there's a new setup which kind of makes things awkward. They have to name a top 30 this year, not a top 25. 
and they're not allowed to have a second tier cap. Mm. And then they've got to put kids on development contracts who you have to put into the NRL to use. So I'm not quite sure yet because most teams have listed their preseason squad, which is sometimes 40. Yeah. Who's in their top 30, who they've classified top 30, and who's development. So some of these kids they may not register or may not be able to use. Mm. Uh, but well, looking, development kids, I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to use. No, them. they're not allowed to. You have to put in for dispensation. But the whole point this year is top 30 means you can't reach back to New South Wales and Queensland Cup. They want those to be standalone in New South Wales, just like they are in Queensland. Yeah. And you can name 29 of your 30 and leave one spot open for mid-year if you need to bring someone in. And if not, you have to go and seek uh, you know, permission to use players from the lower grades. So much more important this year that you pick the right top 30 players. But uh, this side, I think they've got a great balance. I think this year they're a very, very good chance for the top four. The hangover's done. The contract kind of situation sorted. Some good buys, some good youth. Um, the, the only real big things, like we said, can Flanagan and this group control all those personalities and get things right on the field? Uh, in saying okay. that, I've got them finishing fifth, and that's only because I think they've got a bit more of an origin drain, and will things work out? But if they made the top four, it really wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I've got them finishing sixth. Alrighty. And the over and under for the Sharks this year is 13.5. So I've obviously gone over around that mark. It's about 15, 14, 15 games if you're going to be finishing near the top four. What do you reckon? Yeah, that's a tough one. I'll say over, just. Yeah. Interesting dynamic to the Sharkies this year. Can they push on and get themselves back into premiership contention? Uh, obviously, enough talent there and some really good kids. Jesse Ramey, another one that wasn't mentioned, who's going to be moving on, unfortunately. Isaac Lumi Lumi. Uh, yeah, there's, there's an absolute stack of kids coming through and a very, very good 1-17. to 17. So Premiership odds, $15 for the Sharks, $15 for the minor premiership as well. Top four is three fifty, so good odds there. If you think they can get there, top eight is dollar fifty-five to miss the eight, two dollars forty. Spoon thirty-four and the overs unders, as we said, thirteen and a half. Your mob mate, the Gold Coast Titans. Mm. After a bit of a tumultuous year, fifteenth last year, they missed the finals. They were twelfth in attack, fifteenth in defence. Uh, honestly, it was just toxic all year. They went from battlers to absolute failures. You had the massive issues there with Henry Hayne, the players. There's a bit of a revolt. Um, you know, there's signings that came over that didn't work out. You got Sargentson, who's already gone. Greenwood, who was 50-50. Proctor didn't live up to that standard, obviously coming from Melbourne. And then you've had LG come back from his injury. Tyron Roberts, who's friends with, and you know, uh, Ash Taylor, who moved on. Um, you know, Jared Wallace obviously had a very good year, and Taylor for part of the year, but <clears throat> most of it was obviously just typical stuff: selling the club, sorting out the ownership, off-field issues, the coach. But it's a fresh start now with Garth Brennan, and he's made a lot of changes in a short period of time. Yeah, he has. I I like the direction they're taking. Uh, I don't like the fact that he keeps saying we're going to future-proof them. That, to me, just means that we're going to have a couple of lean years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I look at their forward pack, and I look at their spine, and I like it. It's young. Uh, it didn't perform last year, obviously, but... Gordon, Taylor, LG and Peets is not a bad spine. I think a lot of sides would like that spine. The forward pack around them, I like. It's just centres and wingers and their depth that I don't like. So yeah. uh, if they can avoid injuries and play a little bit above themselves, I think they can compete for the top eight. But I certainly wouldn't expect them to play finals. But this time last year, we were talking, they were in the finals the year before. Yeah. So, Different dynamic. Obviously, things change when Hayne yeah. the club, Henry, etc. But new coach, new direction, heavy turnover uh, out the door. Tyron Roberts, Chris McQueen, Parsi, Sargenson, Pedro, Politoni. And a lot of those I don't have a problem with. Nah, Pulu, Simpkins. He's done a good job at cleaning up a lot of dead contracts. Let's be realistic. But and then he went and bought Bryce Cartwright. So yeah, well, that's 
that's the one now that's going to about to say really define his short term. I guess success at the tight at the Titans with Garth Brennan will be the success of Bryce Cartwright. If you're looking at the buyers, though, I think Gordon was a really good one to get well, in. Mitch Just Rain stabilised. Mitch Rain, I thought should Great have fight. stayed at Penrith and been playing, and I think he'll share time with Pete. So he's, a, he's a better nine than Peter Wallace. Yeah, hundred percent, and especially in attack. Jai Arrow from Brisbane, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, you got Jack Stockwell, who I think they got for cheap. But the good one here is getting back those juniors, and you got a Keegan Hipgrave, who was a mid-season last year. I like the look of him in his one game. He's a bit he's crazy. He's played against the Roosters. Yeah, he got yeah. suspended for a week, so him and Wallace will miss round one. But those guys, along with Arrow, uh, Jai Whitbread's another one they got from Brisbane, Leilani Latu, Cartwright, um, Brendan Elliott, Will Matthews is back there, a couple of depth buys, and Branko Lee, you're obviously, I know you're not a big fan of, but I'm kind of with you. Looking at their side, um, you know, there's two good kids in there as well. You've got Philip Sammy, who obviously played last year. Moeki uh, Fatuaka, I don't know if I could say it properly, but he's only 18. They've given him a four-year deal. They reckon he's a monster and he dominates the big boys. I don't know if he's going to be in the top 30, but they love him. And the other one's AJ Brimson, who was a fullback half from the 20s, who was in the team of the year. Very dangerous player. Um, If they need someone to come in there, I think he's a good one. But that's my main issue, much like you, the back line. If that's going to be Don, Elliott, Branko, Copley, those kind of things, I think there's going to be some issues. Um, And even with Harrell in there, why he can be good with the ball at times, silly penalties, errors... Um, it kind of worries me. And last year, one of the worst edges was the one with LG and Copley. There was no more team that leaked more tries on a side. And the worst ranked defensive center was Dale Copley as well. So yeah. um, it's a big year for LG. I think it's also a big year for Taylor. But that forward pack, I'm with you. Wallace, Peets, Latu, Proctor, James, Arrow. That's a pretty good one. Morgan Boyle, the young front row, was there. Max King, I liked. Hipgrave, very young. I think it's a growth year. There's no way I considered and put him... In my eight, I think, like you said, if things all go right and um, you know everything's up to standard, they could push for the eight, but I just can't see it. I think it's a real real good growth year. Um, they need to get back on the market. They've freed up some money, so as harsh as this may seem, I've got them finishing 15th. Yeah, same. It's, uh, yeah. same. it's one of those things. It's hard to flip a roster. They've done a very good job, but it's building not only having a good starting 13, but then having some depth to reach for. Having some consistency, getting some games into guys, building some right, combinations. Look, I've put so. them there because on paper I can't see anyone finishing below them. But there will be some. I don't think they'll finish fifteenth. No, and that might sound hypocritical, but on paper you can only judge it on what we're looking at on paper, not you know obviously the results that they're going to achieve. I, I think they're going to be a better side than what they were last year. Well, um, and they what, what did they finish last year? Second last. Last year they finished fifteenth. Yeah. So I'm basically saying they're in a similar. They're going to be similar. Yeah. I, saying, look, I think they'll be slightly improved, but that that's not to say I look at all the teams ahead of them and I think they're all going to improve as well. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. And uh, heading into the season, uh, I, I think you know that forward pack, like you said, is a big thing in the halves there. But massive year for LG, who's been off contract, and Ash Taylor's talking Origin. I think he should be worried about his club football yeah, first before he starts yeah. talking about uh, you know. Playing origin football. And the other one for me is Kevin Proctor. He came over, big money move from the Melbourne Storm. Uh, you want to see him, obviously, on the field and playing some good, consistent football. And, yeah. uh, a lot of young kids there. And I'm sure I'll get some time during the year. And Bryce Cartwright, let's hope that things for him can stabilise and he can get back to some of the potential we saw in his early time. Because off, be nice. off the field and on the field hasn't been that great the last couple of seasons. So, nope. uh, $67 the Titans are to win the Premiership. 67 for the minor. Top four, $12. Top eight. Four fifty, a dollar eighteen to miss the eight. The spoon three fifty. I think they're equal favourites there. Overs, unders, Brock eight and a half. Oh yeah, under. I think yeah. they'll win probably seven or eight. Yeah, and I've got them under on that one as well. Manly Seagulls. 
They were sixth last year. Uh, they got knocked out week one after beating Penrith convincingly the week before. They cocked up in that one and was quite embarrassing. In attack, they were fourth. Defensively, they were 11th. Uh, they started the year quite flat, but then they launched. Uh, had a decent little run there, but it was quite a poor ending. Um, I think the big thing, obviously, to take out of all this is last year, Blake Green was outstanding. He yep. stabilised that spine. Api Korosau benefited from it. The Trebojevic brothers were really, really good. I think they did a really good job uh, reviving a couple of players as well. You had Uate have a good year. Siren and Frank Winnerstein, all these guys kind of chipped in. But, um, you know, even with down to 20s winning and things going there, straight away this year, Manly's never far from drama. Salary cap issues. They let Green go. They thought they were going to have a crack at Pierce. They didn't get a chance. And now their salary cap's kind of been on hold and it's left them a bit short. They weren't allowed to get in the Moylan market. They've missed out on Trent Hodkinson. And the talk now is that, you know, Croker's going to get first go. But, you know, they basically said from the weekend's game that Jake Trebojevic and Tom Trebojevic almost played like two extra sixes and that those guys are going to have a big responsibility. So why I look at this team and you want to talk about marquee players, I look at it and think of those guys and go, you've got out-and-out superstars in both of those players there. Uh, Obviously, DC is a great player, but, um, you know, Walker's going to be missing for the start of the year. They've always had kind of some injury troubles. The depth isn't that great. Lusick was potentially a start in front row. I think that's really a, you know, a great thing for them, and he's already injured. When you look much further than that, I think Joel Thompson coming in was a good move, but again, uh, I'm looking at those halves, and I, I just think that Blake Green's going to be a huge loss. So uh, Gains, other than that, it shows that they've been hit by the salary cap. Gozlewski from the Rabbitohs, some depth. Tolfell Sipley, who's a back row, front row from the Warriors. Croker, Joel Thompson, but out the door. Blake Green, uh, Brenton Lawrence, Peter Godinay. Uh, you've got Jared Kennedy. Lussick's younger brother, Billy Brainbridge. Matt I. Stewart are finally off the salary cap, which is even more surprising that they've still got issues, really, when they finally cleared that debt. But um, some good young kids coming through. Tavita Futter uh, is a centre winger who might get some time this year. Manisi Fainu is another nine, who was the captain, and uh, he was a Kiwi under-20s player on the grand final side. And Tom Wright, who's more of a 5'8", so I don't think he'll be playing in the NRL next to Daly Cherians. And I think Trent Barrett said that he thinks his future's in the centres. So um, I think the big issue here, like we said, losing Blake Green, looking at this team, it's pretty much the same. The depth isn't that great. I, I think they're going to fall out of the finals this year. I've got them finishing last, my friend. Wow. You're going that far last, with the Trebojevic's yeah. and Cherry um, Evans still? Yeah. They – what year was this? Yeah, the year Trent Barrett took over. They played Dylan Walker at 5-8, didn't work. They won eight games. They were third last only to the Roosters and the Knights. I think the Knights are going to improve. The Roosters are obviously significantly better. The toy. I, um, I, I honestly, I honestly think they're really, really going to struggle. They've got this salary cap issue hanging over their head. They're a club that eats their own. Um, but for me, the hole is five eight. Well, he massive, was he was hole. more than just a five eight to them last year. He was basically the halfback. Yeah. He forced. I think double-digit dropouts. He kicked the most 40-20s in the competition. He stabilised things. He made it very, very easy for Cherry Evans. It made things great for Tom Trebojevic, who got to flourish off the back of it. In all honesty, I kind of think that if Croker doesn't work out and he doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, like I said, those two Trebojevic's basically played like a six and they had somebody else just in that jersey. Well, Barrett pretty much said that earlier this week in the press, that... If Tom doesn't end up Jake eventually... Jake Trebojevic laid on the first two tries on the weekend, apparently. Yeah, well, so. and if it doesn't, wouldn't surprise me if they went with someone else at fullback later in the year if it come to that and tried to get Tom to play six. But yeah, uh, just, I don't think... They've also got concerns around their chirp, the way they carry on. They've got some 
loose heads in there for, for mine, ill-disciplined players. Well, so You've talking about, you've got your tap hours and a couple hour, of guys You've got Dylan Walker. Fanua Blake, you've got guys Brian can Kelly, who beat. showed a little bit of that last year as well. Sirenen, Lusick. You know, how many games are they going to be suspended for this year? Well, the other thing is, a lot of these guys, two of four is off an ACL surgery. Walker's going to be missing until around four or five. Lusick's missing around four to six. I know Jake's back already with his pec, but... Their depth, they don't have a lot there to reach for. Well, and then they can't go and buy anyone because they're under this well, investigation. They're, they're still waiting and they're talking about Carney, but the NRL, as far as I'm concerned, said they wouldn't clear anyone. So yeah. if it's not going to be Croker, there's Hastings, you know, there's not a lot there. Tom Wright, who's played six in the juniors. Listen, in if they find a 5'8", like they bought a 5'8 before the season started, I'd have them... I, I wouldn't have them making the finals. Be right on the but border. But for me, they'd be right up on the border. I've, yeah. I've got them below the rest of these sides because... To me, I look through all these teams and they all look settled in the halves. The one team that doesn't is Manly. They've got a great player in Cherry Evans, well, but that one key piece that changed everything was Blake Green, and they let him I walk out. I have no the door. idea why they they let him leave without having someone to come in and replace well, him. Even crazier, I don't think he was asking for silly money either. He just wanted an extra year, yeah. and they weren't willing to meet. So, uh, I'm with you. Looking at the depth, looking at the other issues they've got, and potentially. Uh, you know, struggling there. And if they can get Carney, I don't even know if they can. I've got them finishing in 12th position. And you've got them last. I got them last, mate. Well, there you go. To win the Premiership, they're $26. To be the Miners, $17. Top four for Manly, $3.50. Top eight, $1.80. To miss the eight. So if you like Boxhead's pick and mine is $2. For the Spoon, if you're with Boxhead, $26. Uh, over on. over under is 12 and a half I'm definitely under under and you're certainly under if you're saying Come they're going to win the spoon so. they won't win bloody six uh, and a half yeah I like Thompson and a lot of these guys but as a collective the one key piece like you said the year before who made all the difference because it was pretty much a very similar side was Blake Green and he's now at the door so as much as Thompson being in and a couple of these other guys Chair Evans is pretty much showing that he needs a partner there someone to kind of run things for him so um, yeah, he's not a dominant directing he's, half. He's not a seven. He plays. And neither with... is Chaboyevich. They're both very loose, off the cuff, free flowing type players. And he, and so is Appy Coruscant. They don't have a spine player that no. has any organisational direction. And this is another one of these teams, though, where I've and said. Even if you threw Carney in there, Carney's not that either. No. But he's still a good half. Like, he, he, he'd win you a couple of games by himself. Going back to what I said before, though, they're another one of these ones that. I could see finishing real low, but if they found a way into the eight, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But that Blake Green piece to me is the huge one. That mm-hmm. I don't know how they've let him walk out the door, so I've taken them out of my finals. The Melbourne Storm, minor premiers last year and the eventual premiers, uh, almost the perfect season. They were first in attack, first in defence, 20 wins, got themselves through the finals, and it was a spot-on way to finish the big three. And in all honesty, I have to say I think that was the best balanced Melbourne side since I've been watching and been a fan as a young bloke. Yeah. I think that was, you know, the back line, uh, you know, to have great centres, especially one of the best up and coming in Curtis Scott, the two wingers we had right up there, Munster with Cronk, Smith, that forward pack, the bench they had to reach for. Um, obviously, you know, the growth in some of these guys, Nelson, Felice ended up playing for Australia. Uh, the dynamic of that team and clean sweeping anything. Uh, it was a pretty massive year, but moving forward into this year, they lose three internationals, Tohu Harris, Jordan McLean and Cooper Cronk, which is huge for most teams, but I honestly think they can cover up for it yeah, already. Agree. So when you look at their games, you've got Ryan Hoffman coming in. Uh, does he play the whole year on that edge? I don't know, but he knows that system. He's very consistent. You know what you're going to get. Cassiano, the Bulldogs are paying a big chunk of that. I think if anyone can turn Cassiano around, it's Melbourne. 
So I think that's a good pick-up. Well, they already have. He's seen the weight he shredded. Exactly. Pat Kafusi, uh, you know, the other younger brother of Felice, a solid player who did his knee last year. I think he's another pick-up. A couple of these guys they can use. And then we saw the growth in some of these younger guys last year in Brody Croft, who's going to be stepping in. I think Brandon Smith takes Slade Griffin's role on the bench as that running 13 slash 9, if needed, at different times. And, um, you know, the growth of even watching these first few games of Nelson Asafa Solomona, along with Felice and these guys, I think there's enough in the forward pack to keep slugging away. The big question is, can Brody Croft string together a full season? Uh, and Billy Slater, his health already, and now Jerome Hughes hurting his shoulder. Are we going to be right for fullback or for a first few rounds or longer as months are going to have to go back and Jackson Croft have to play together, which is going to put a bit more strain on it. But Craig Bellamy, that forward pack, the outside backs, again, absolutely outstanding. I think there's enough, more than enough there that I'd still back Melbourne, even if they had to reshuffle or had some issues. And I'm as willing I'm willing to go as far as to say, if Billy Slater pulled out again, do I think we could win a comp? I, I don't know. But do I think Melbourne would still go top four? Yes. I honestly think that much of the setup. So... Um, yeah. Yeah, the strength is the system. The system, you know, and even like I said, you lose McLean, you lose Harris. Felice stepped up big time. Finucane, Hoffman, Glasby played Origin. Bromwich, I think, is up for a big year, healthy. Kenny, Nelson, um, yeah, oh, I can keep going all day. And then you look at depth. If uh, they pick the full strength side, if Hughes is healthy, you've got Ton of a Payer, Chase Blair, who played in the grand final of the year back. Riley Jacks, we had the under 20 uh, Rugby League Players Association player of the year, Harry Grant. Stimson, Kamekameka played in the World Cup. Paddy, I think they've got cover in a lot of spots. I think not not a whole lot more needs to be said other than basically I think they can cover for those things. I think Smith and Slater are really going to help Croft out. I think Jax has shown that he's capable of playing, um, and I definitely think they're a top-four side. So Melbourne is Melbourne. They're just going to keep rolling on. I've got them finishing third. I have them finishing second. There you go. I think, yeah, they're going to – I think they're going to take a step back from – the very, very dominant force that they were last year with Cronk, McLean and Harris going out. But I just still think across the board they're pretty strong and you got to look behind them and look at who's going to come up and bump them. I think come finals, I expect the Roosters and the Cowboys to probably be a class above Melbourne. The Cowboys, for me, are the real standout, not only on recruitment but like the Roosters. Melbourne but... to be very, very close with probably Parramatta and a few others. Yeah, and uh, like I said, if you've got Smith and Slater still on your side, and even if Smith was there with Munster and those couple of guys reshuffling, the outside backs and the forward pack and the bench, uh, I don't think many of them have been better in my time watching the Melbourne Storm. And in particular last year, I, th- I thought that side was stacked. So, um, you know, I think they'll push again for top four and they could be around the premiership hunt, but I don't know if I'd have them above the Cowboys and maybe the Roosters at this point in time. But if Croft develops, if Billy's healthy and it's his swan song, um, it's also Smith's last year of contract, even though the talk is he'll probably sign on again. Um, who knows? But uh, I definitely couldn't say that Melbourne won't make the top four, even with Origin, and this year it has less of a bearing. Um, I really do think they'll be in the top four and around that mark again. So who would ever be surprised if the Storm made the grand final? Yeah. But, well, yeah, well, they've made it the last two years and yeah, right. Who would be surprised? But uh, Premiership, there's $6 the Storm. Minor Premiership, $6 as well. Top four, $2. I like those odds, so I'll be getting a piece of that. Uh, top eight, a dollar twenty-two to miss the eight uh, is four dollars. The spoon, a hundred and one. The over/under Brock is fourteen and a half. Over, and I'm over as well. So, if you've got them in the top four, you're usually looking sixteen wins minimum or around fifteen. So, right on that mark for the Melbourne Storm. And we move on to the Newcastle Knights, and there's plenty of keen observers out there and fans of the show, including cousin Gary. Mm-hmm. 
who love Newcastle. Uh, we've wrapped what they've done the last few years. They've done it the hard way, but third spoon in a row. They missed the finals. They're 14th in attack, 16th in defense. Effort, growth, but so many close losses. But the big thing is blood, sweat, and they're ready to reap the rewards. Uh, Nathan Brown, I couldn't believe it. And we said it last year that uh, that Mick Mock, whoever it was, who was the CEO or whoever was in charge at the time, was saying about firing him because in 18 months he'd flipped three years' worth of shit contracts in a bad salary cap situation, and he completely cleared the decks. Not only that, you had the Safidis, Barnett, Bureau, all these guys pushed in. There was lots of growth from their 20s. Nick Meany, Tom Starling, Sami Solo pushed up the New South Wales Cup, Lamb playing good football, and then you finally see some of the fruits of your labour with players wanting to come over. They nab Callum Ponga, one of the best upcoming players. They get Mitchell Pearce, regardless of the circumstances there. Slade Griffin, who's a solid piece from Melbourne, Lilliman uh, to come in with Heinington and Guerra and these veteran guys to keep helping those younger guys along their way. Uh, and then you look at someone like SASA coming down who brings something they definitely need to help out in that front row and Tao Tao Moga. Yeah. So you look at that and again, flipping things over and rebuilding the proper way out the door. Brendan Elliott, Dane Gagai, Jacob Gagan, Jalen Feeney, Cost Jason, two of the Matauti brothers, Sam Matora, Josh Starling, Mickey Payer, Mullins deal is obviously gone, Stockwell, Oh, bloody Anthony Tupo, Paulie Paulie, David Barner, Will Pearsall, Trent Hodkinson, and Joe Wardle. He's done exactly what we said. He's flipped all these bad deals, all these contracts, got him in a great position, and they've got money to spend again moving forward. So yeah. for all the Newcastle fans out there that are banging the drums and getting excited, I'm sorry that I don't share the same enthusiasm this season. I don't think they're going to play finals football. I think they're not going to win the spoon. I think they've made absolutely outstanding strides, and I think you should be super proud of the job that's been done because that was a hell of a mess to clean up. And as far as year three is concerned and the money they've got to spend moving forward, if they make the right moves this off-season, I think next year they're right in for it, especially grabbing a player like Pierce. The one thing I'm not sure of, uh, and obviously this I don't know if you were surprised as me, the fact that Connor Watson's basically been told he's a six straight away and they're seem like they're very keen to let Lamb almost go next season. I thought Lamb finished the year absolutely outstanding and thought he'd probably get first crack with Pierce. But whether part of that Pierce moving there and getting Watson, was he said he wanted to play with him over Lamb? I don't know. Is there something personality-wise? I, I don't understand. I'm not sure. Strange one. But there's obviously big questions, and you can't get too excited like most are. Is Ponga going to live up to the hype? Is Connor Watson... Uh, Genuine NRL number six. I thought he looked more like a, a bench utility, or I liked him at fullback when he played there for the Roosters. But um, yeah, obviously they're going to have some time to test the theory out. But my mail is that Brock Lamb's already talking to some very keen clubs, and two of those notably are the Brisbane Broncos and the Melbourne Storm. Whoa. And Manly's also wanting in this year. Good on the Knights. They're not letting him go, and they're not letting Jack Cogger, who's already signed of the Bulldogs, go early. But they must be pretty keen on uh, Connor Watson, in my opinion, if they're willing to let Brock Lamb already start talking to clubs like Melbourne and Brisbane. Yeah. Which kind of surprised me. I don't know about your thoughts, but from what you've seen from Watson, what you've seen from Lamb, would you be starting Lamb or Watson first? Probably Lamb. And I thought he would have got probably Lamb. that insight. And I would probably play Watson as my utility off the bench. Mm. So looking at them, they're probably going to be Ponga, Ross, Moga, Kenny Dow. Uh, and Mataudia in some kind of form there. They talk about him being back in the centres. Watson, Pierce, Lilliman. They're talking that Griffin will start and Levi will still be the bench hooker. <clears throat> Daniel Safidi, Guerra, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Barnett, Bura, Levi, SASA, Heinington. It's a much better side. It's much more competitive. Last year, they led something like 10 or 12 games at halftime and lost most of those. I know a lot of people are optimistic, but 
I just can't see it. I think there's some good growth there. I think some of those veterans are helping some of those young guys, but I still think there are a few signings away. Yeah. Um, and I think next year is their real big year. So, Boxhead, oh, I've got them finishing 14th. I know fans probably be a little more more optimistic I've got than them me. Finishing 13th. But um, yeah, I, sorry to all the Newcastle fans that love our show out there and feel big, but I, I think you should still be super proud of the way things are because this club was an absolute turmoil. Yeah. So. Pierce, I think, will really enjoy this move, and I think it suits him going to Newcastle. It's a fresh start, one that was well needed. Uh, obviously, the circumstances, not the greatest, but uh, while I think he'll provide good direction and uh, you know a lot of guidance for those young blokes, good kicking game, and he really suiting that Newcastle culture, being a tough player. I don't really know if him, Ponga, Watson, and Levi or Griffin are going to have enough or if he's going to have enough help or enough to guide them around uh, along with such a young side. and even with a few of those veterans in there to see them play finals football. But um, we've both obviously got them outside, so I've got them 14th. You've got them 13th, was it? 13th, yeah. Yep, uh, and the odds there for Newcastle, $31 to win the comp, 26 for the minor premiership, $6 for the top four for the top eight. If you're confident out there, Newcastle fans is two seventy-five To miss the eight, $1.42. Spoon, $11. So they're getting away from that. By the looks of things this year, the overs-unders, though, difficult for me, is nine and a half. Because having him down there, I think, again, eight or nine games after only winning, say, four or five the last couple of years, it's pretty hard to pick. But I, I reckon I've got them probably right on nine. So I'm probably going to say under just. Yeah, I'm going to say under. But, uh, yeah, hopefully Mitchell Pierce finds things, uh, you know, solid up there and finds his feet. And we both rate him, especially at club level. Obviously, he hasn't had that success uh, at the origin level. But I think Mitchell Pierce would be great for Newcastle and really fit in up there. So... Uh, Ponga, Watson, these guys, Lamb, all going to learn a lot of things off him. And uh, hopefully the growth continues and they can spend some of the money they've got because they've got a fair bit by all reports up in Newcastle. So Barnett, Safedi, all these guys hopefully have even more help next season. But uh, Newcastle there. So moving on from the Newcastle Knights, the New Zealand Warriors, a team that we love to hate. Uh, most years we've kind of had them in the bottom of eight and had hopes for them. They just keep burning us, Brock. So I'm pretty sure, and I'm quoting last year, we said we would definitely not put them in the eight this year. So uh, is this the Warriors? The Warriors. Uh, 13th last year, they missed the finals again. They were 13th in attack, 14th in defence. Same old story, uh, too reserved. They're just not tough enough. They were weak, and they just kill your dreams, the old Warriors. But um, just another failed season. I thought that Sheck and a few guys, Mannering, Hoffman, all effort as usual. But overall, this side was quite weak. Um, I said last season that I didn't think the forward pack that they had was going to be enough to guide them to the finals. That ended up being correct, and Steve Kearney proved again his coaching abilities to be not that of a high standard, in my opinion. Having the highest completion rate in the comp, just like he did at Para, but it didn't translate to nothing because they did absolutely zilch with the football. Too much responsibility on Johnson. I didn't think he had a partner. Um, and obviously, we've said before, probably as much as everyone says he's a seven, he's a six to me. Um, and they lost their last nine games straight, that's six years without finals. Mm. So Pressure's actually, on big time this year. Oh, massive insanity, but their recruits, and we look at things here, the gains this year, uh, they've obviously lost Kieran Foran. Uh, you got Hoffman there, Charlie Garb, Vartuve moved on, it was time. Bodine Thompson, Madalino, Lilliman, it was probably time. Sipley and Ogden, two young blokes, that got, they'd probably be disappointed, but along with them, Matty Allwood, he had a long-term deal, uh, didn't play much footy, and Beretta Ferreira, a mid-season transfer, but... The ins are pretty big, and as usual, they're getting all these internationals. So Peter Hickory returns, Gerard Beale, Adam Blair, Tohu Harris, one that really killed me going over there because I hope it doesn't ruin his progress. And the massive one and the biggest one of all is Blake Green, who we spoke about before. So looking at him from that perspective, 
uh, along with uh, Pulu, Ignatius Parsi, Anthony Gelling, and Much You Love Henry, who came over from the Broncos. It's not a bad recruitment list, but we've been sucked in this trap multiple times before. We really have. So looking at this side, you've possibly got Sheck, Fusitua, Carter, Beal, uh, Marmolo, or Hiku, and then you've got Green and Johnson in the halves, Luke at nine, that your forward pack is where I'm concerned again. Adam Blair, while he had that one good year at Brisbane, I thought he went back to his old ways last year. Between Lossone, who I'm a big fan of, and Albert Vette, do they have enough go forward? There's a forward play in the front row. They're still young. Harris in the back row. Mannering surely plays 13. Garvey, James Garvey, I thought had a pretty good year last year before he got hurt, but uh, I just can't trust him. I really can't. But the main factor here that really kills me when I was looking at him the other day, and another reason why we're talking about it so hard to pick your eight is Putting Blake Green in there, for, I think, finally, since Maloney, gives Johnson the halves partner he's been waiting for or needed for all this time. Because mm-hmm. basically why he wears the six, Blake Green to me is more like a seven. He guides the team. He controls things. He kicks really well. The most four to 20s, like I said last year, uh, he forces repeat sets, but he's also willing to run the football. He's selective when he does run the football, but when he does, it's generally at the right time inside 20. So I think a lot of the pressure is going to finally be off Sean Johnson and Isaac Luke is obviously a massive year for him because he's off contract. And I uh, hear that Sheck's obviously, he was going to leave. Now they're talking about him re-signing. That spine is one of the best spines in the competition on paper, if you look at it from that sense. But if you go off form the last couple of years, you couldn't say that. But would you agree that Blake Green could possibly be I, the key piece? I have them uh, further up the table probably the most for that reason because I rate what Blake Green's going to give them. I like his pairing with Johnson. It gives Johnson someone who's going to push a side around. Uh, I like the fact that he's going to be able to work with uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek as well. My main concern is their front row, Hooker. Uh, I have, I've got massive question marks over that area of the field. So yeah, well. The rest of it all looks pretty good. And then, obviously, the coach. But, I mean, it doesn't matter really what coach they put there. None of them have been successful. It seems to be a cultural problem, not a... Yeah, coach problem. and that's my issue again. With all these internationals going home, they always seem to do this. Will they play their best football? Yeah. And that's my worry for a player like Tohu Harris, who's been at a Melbourne setup, or a Sheck. Sheck is the one out of all of them, though, that we said this last year. You can't question the effort. Yeah. He was still taking all the yardage carries. He's still having 20 touches per game, 200-plus metres. He's trying his ass off. But you realise when you get there, and clearly he does, it's not the same as playing in the Rooster side, where he had a lot of people enabling him and helping out around him. Yeah. Um, then you got your Mannerings, even your Hoffman the last three years. Every time he was on TV, he just looked frustrated to no end, again, coming from a setup like Melbourne. But um, I really like the back line. I'm with you. Like a Fussy Tour, I'm a real big fan of. I'd wish he'd kind of move somewhere else, to be honest. I'd love to have him at another club because I think he's outstanding. Sheck, uh, can Beal play better football? Can Hiku find some form over there? All these guys going home, it does concern me for the same reasons you've brought up. Mm-hmm. But I can honestly find a plausible case that Blake Green might be the key to help things out. But... Isaac Luke, can he get back to best form? Are those days gone? Um, he, can he get close to what he was two or three years ago? I'm not so sure, but the forward pack, I'm with you. Much the same as last year. Even with Harris out on an edge there, I think Mannering, he's an old workhorse, but he's going to play your 13. Afoa, Lasone, Vete, these kind of guys, I don't have enough trust in that forward pack again to make me think they're going to have enough go forward in the middle. But, um, you know, given Blake Green is there, I, if they did get in, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think they're a premiership threat, though. And in all honesty, I've got them at 11th. I have them at 9th. I've got them very, very close. I can't put them in, but I could definitely see them being in. If all these international, like you said, this list of internationals could pull to their potential. If Lasano, if these guys can step up, if Luke can get back to his form, that is legitimately one of the best spines of the comp. 
if Johnson, Green, Sheck, and Luke are all at potential with those guys around him firing, very close. But I also don't trust the tactics of Cooney. If he's going to go same way, Barry Basics must complete one outs, kill the offload, not promote the style of football that they play. I uh, just just pack up the bags. Yeah. But Blake Green is the underlying key factor here for me. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Warriors this year. But for the Premiership, forty one dollars fifty one for the minor Premiership. Top four ten dollars. Top eight. Three seventy-five to miss the eight a dollar twenty-two for the spoon seven dollars. A few people have got him getting it. I just can't see it. I really can't, um, and especially not having to be affected by Origin. I know that the effect is less this year, but there's a few wins there usually around that time of year. And uh, the over/under a hard one nine and a half. Over. Yeah, I had under because it was around that mark, but I was. You know, it's nine to ten wins is kind of around that mark, isn't it? Ten or eleven. You've obviously got them just outside, so you're thinking more eleven or twelve. I had under. I'm going to go over and say they win ten, and you've obviously got them over as well. But um, yeah, big year this year with Blake Green over there. I still think the front row is an area they needed to address. With some of those recruits there, I still think they're lacking in the front row. And Isaac Luke, it is disappointing to see the way he's fallen. Nathaniel Roach, I'm a fan of, and they've got a couple other nines to Varga. Uh, I think Bell's played a little bit of football there. Manai Charrington moved over. I don't know if any of those guys can really take that role. I think Roach can get more minutes if Luke's not doing the job, but it is really disappointing to see the way he's played football the last few years. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed that Luke comes back to the fore. The Cowboys. Last year, the absolute surprise packet lost possibly two of their best players and their two leaders, Matt Scott, Jonathan Thurston. Hit a bit of a flat patch, but then found a way out of it through the absolutely outstanding form of Jason Tamalola and Michael Morgan, who by the end of the season was basically the best half in the competition. Um, it was an absolute dream run. Everybody chipped in. Granville, Coote, all these guys stepped up. Ethan Lowe got back to best form. Bolton, you got all that out of you know, Corey Jensen, Sean Fenson. Everybody stepped up to make that happen and get to that grand final. But obviously, coming up against that red-hot Melbourne side was always going to be a bridge too far, and we thought so, and it panned out to be that way, but they were eighth. They just got themselves in, finished runners-up, 10th in attack, 5th in defence. But life after JT looked a lot brighter, and I think the best thing came out of last year, and we kept talking about it, was the accelerated growth of certain players. The growth of Michael Morgan. It also made Coote, Granville, these guys step up. Martin, who's now providing great depth and other guys in certain positions. Cohen Hess playing origin, playing more minutes. Tom Alolo taking that leadership role. And on top of all this, you bring back Jonathan Thurston, Matt Scott, along with the addition of Jordan McLean, an Australian front rower now. So mm-hmm. basically, you've got the exact same side, bring back in the best half in the comp possibly for the last decade or close to. One of the best front rowers, if not the best front row, for a large part of the last decade. And one of the best up-and-coming front rowers from the team who beat you in the grand final. And they've got depth. Like I said, tomorrow, Martin gets pushed out here. Um, and some of those forwards, Fenson's going to have to return. Jensen proved his worth. Sam Hall, uh, like, I think they're in a real great position. And they have the under-20s player of the year, who was another. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Half in Jake Clifford. Kyle Labert played some football. Josh Chadley, the hooker. 
I've had Maraps on in the last couple of years. He's done his ACL. Let me tell you, if he gets healthy, he could provide a real threat to that utility spot that Hampton and Martin are going for. Mm-hmm. And then the outside backs, Anari Tuala made his debut last year. I've said before, Java Bowen, I think, is legitimately a first grader. He could easily be playing. Uh, Carlin Anderson, a guy that was in their system before, went to the Broncos. Gideon Geller-Mosby, who was the top try scorer. They've got coverage everywhere. And then their starting lineup, like we said now, you've got basically the grand final side back, but with Thurston moving in. McLean joining Scott. Tamalolo, that means he gets freed up from being that battering ram. You can deploy him on the edges with a Hess. You can use them in different ways, different shapes. You've got threats both sides of the fields. This, to me, this is the side, and I'm pretty sure you agree with me. This is a stack side bringing those guys back in. No one else gets three internationals, let alone possibly... No, they're bringing another one in. Yeah. Arguably, their two best players were out, two most experienced players. Obviously, Tal Malolo looks to be... Well, arguably, he's their best player, but yeah. they get in an Australian front rower from the Premiers in Jordan McLean. Yeah, I, I can't put any fault I think- um, on their squad... The only question on for the way me, they performed last year, and I don't think it's going to affect things as far as uh, results. It's more for the back end of the year is finding a balance now with Thurston coming back in with Morgan. Because prior to mm. him not being in the side, because Morgan he's become more dominant. He yeah. was the ball running six who didn't really ball play, didn't have a lot of a kicking game, and we question a lot of these things. He proved without Thurston there, he has a good kicking game. He has the ability to steer the side around. He had a passing game. He was a threat all the way. Yeah. Well, the the focus for the Cowboys this year has got to be that. Thurston gives you quality, not quantity, and Morgan gives you the quantity. Yeah, and I'm with you there. I think Thurston has to come back in and probably realise now that it's not saying he's not the player that he was, but Morgan now has kind of usurped that role. He's got more on his legs. He's got to be more dominant on the ball, and Thurston has to chip in at those key moments. You've got Greenville. You've still got Coote. Scott's going to have plenty of assistance, but the scary thing for me is Tamalolo no longer has to be a battering ram, yeah. and Hess is not going to be coming on playing that tight role as much as a battering ram. They can set up a lot more dangerous shapes with those front rowers they've got laying that platform with those two halves now and utilise Tal Malolo and Hess more on the edge and isolate halves and those kind of players. And you've got Granville coming off the back of this massive forward pack. Um, and the bench was so dynamic as well. Like, Bolton was great. Asiata provides a point of difference. Um, Hess is going to be coming off there, you'd assume, as well. Cooper Lowe on the edges. Kyle Felt the other night looked really sharp. Lynette Winnerstock. They've got a really solid back line. So it's pretty hard to fault this team and the depth, as I've mentioned, in all those positions. They're, yeah, they're yeah. the standout heading into this season for me. Mm-hmm. It's just more about fitting all those pieces back in, especially the halves, and kicking on. And if, if they do so, they're the clear-cut favourite, you'd have to say, at this point in time. Agree. Yep, agree. And what we saw on Friday night out of them against the Melbourne Storm was pretty impressive. Yeah, and as far as, like, uh, you know, back taking a step back, the losses... Paddy Kafusi didn't really play a lot. There was another depth thing. Ray Thompson was good depth. Ueli, Leary, Spano, they were all role players. I'm sure they're disappointed about Ponga, but they've obviously got some quality in their side already, and they had to make a decision on whether they promoted him over Coop, which they didn't. Yeah. Uh, and Pat Mago was a late inclusion, played a few games. Losing him to Brisbane, it is a depth signing again. But, yeah, bringing in McLean, bringing back those two guys, they're like new signings, plus the good kids they've got. So uh, looking at this side, even with the rep drone, they could possibly have five even up to seven play rep football. I think three or four are more likely. They're my favourite to win the comp. I've got them finishing uh, second. I think the Roosters probably win the minor premiership, but this is the team that I think is going to win the comp. Yeah, I've got them winning the competition, and but for the regular season, I've got them finishing third. Yeah, and uh, the overs-unders for the Cowboys is 14.5, obviously. Yeah, over. You're going over on that one if you've got them winning. Uh, such a loaded side if all things work out and all and stays healthy. And, and it's probably also important to note that 
there's 25 rounds, 24 games. So the amount of games hasn't changed. The amount of rounds has obviously shortened by one because yeah. they've got rid of one of the buys. Yeah. And uh, obviously, so people, some people might have thought they're playing a game less, but they're not for your over, overs and unders. Yeah. Uh, the Premiership odds for the Cowboys, $5.50, uh, $6 for the minor Premiership. Top four, probably one of the better bets I think you can have, $1.90. Top eight, $1.25. To miss the eight three seventy five for the Spoon, $1.67. And the overs, unders, as we mentioned, 14 and a half. And we've both got the over there. Uh, it's one very good looking side. Another side that had a great year last year and I think is looking pretty good again this year. It is the Parramatta Eels. The Parramatta Eels finished fourth, found a way in, uh, overachieved, probably in a lot of people's eyes. I thought they overachieved last year, but Brad Arthur, um, even with all the tough circumstances, the years leading up to that, the salary cap, uh, you know, not being in full control of the roster, having all those issues off the field, I think now he's really got them going in the right direction since they've basically handed the reins over, since Bernie Gerber became the CEO, since all the toxic people were removed from the club. And that showed last year um, they were eighth in attack, eighth in defence. And they were just an absolute image of the coach, like we've said a million times. It's such a tough and gritty side. And if you would have told me a team that had Tim Manor and Daniel Alvarez as their starting front row would be top four and pushing into the finals, I probably would have laughed at you, to be honest. Mm. But that is the way of the coach. Norman, and then they got Moses in. Gutherson having that breakout year before he got injured. Um, you know, just a scrappy forward pack. Nathan Brown and the way he played. Their 20 side was actually pretty good again last year. So they got some good kids pushing through there. If you're going off last year and you look at this side now, they've got the ability to play French or Hayne, even though he's probably a little underdone at fullback. Why Gutherson's not ready to go. Uh, Josh Hoffman, who's healthy again now, can play fullback. There's so many guys there, but you'd think that French gets the first knob. But when Gutherson's back, you've got Gutherson, French, Jennings and Hayne in the centres, probably Hoffman or Orvar on the other wing. Moses and Norman, 1-7, to seven, that's pretty outstanding. Yeah. Um, those two are obviously going to be better because that mid-season makes it hard to form that combo. The forward pack, I'm still not big on the front row of Manor and Alvaro, but they did the job last year, so I can't doubt they're going to do it again. Ma'u, Maroa, Nathan Brown. Uh, you know, they've obviously got Matangi. Kane Evans comes in this year as one of their buyers to help out. Uh, he brought in T-Rex on the cheap. Do, do I think he gets to play or does he add anything? No, but is it a free roll of the dice? It, yeah, is. it is. You yeah. get him on a nothing contract, as we've seen with Dave Taylor and these guys. And if you can get anything out of former internationals, you're doing well. But I think they've improved a little bit on what they've got. And some of the 20s kids... They're obviously pushing through for them and part of the squad this year. Uh, I think, you know, maybe one or two of them might see some game time. I don't know if they'll see a whole lot, but Greg Lilicio was the winger of the year. Talk that he'd get that spot. I think with Hoffman and Rovar, he won't get a chance straight away. Dan Akafalao was centre. Ray Stone was an Australian schoolboy's lock. They've got some other good players. Oregon Kafusi, a front rower. Celeste Fanger, a back rower. Dylan Brown, the young half, was only 17 in that team. So there's some good kids pushing through for Parramatta. Um, my only real question again is the nine position and the front row. I look at the nine position; it looks like King's going to get the nod, but I look at their bench and I don't think you can carry Kaiser Pritchard as well. And by the looks of the weekend, he had Edwards well, on the bench as that utility style player. How does Kaiser Pritchard's been knocked out a lot, too many times, and he had the knee issue? King's obviously times. been injured as well a lot, so I'm taking it that and we've they've s- lost. They lost to Goyce. Yeah. Yeah, same issues. They've got yeah, big league's got Pritchard starting. I can't see that happening. It'll be No, I think King gets that it'll nod. Be King That's that's the obvious hole in this side. Yeah. And and obviously the front row, but I expect by the end of the year, 
for me, Matungi, I'd start Matungi. Matungi would be starting for me. I think me. you have to have one of him or Evans for some impact. For the bench, because... yeah. I'd have I'd have Evans, Evans on the bench, mix him in with Alvaro and Mano. But I said it three years ago, I think Mano's passed it. Yeah, I think um, it's more similar to Bo Scott. I didn't think Bo Scott would still be around. Bo Scott's passed it as well. But yeah. I think both of them are there on his side of things for what they provide to the group. I think that's the only real reason you've yeah, got that's for fine. it. But, that's fine. But... Um, yeah, I think the other one for me, and I know he played last year, Moroa, for me, has still been a bit hit and miss, and it wouldn't surprise me with a loaded back line now if they push Takarangi into the back row spot and push Moroa out. Uh, whether he plays on the bench, yeah, I don't Moreau know. Yeah, played. he's played 71st grade games, so it's about time. about time he stepped up. Yeah, I think he had some flashes again last year, but if Takarangi's getting pushed out of the back line and he played for New Zealand at the back end of the year after a good season, it wouldn't surprise me if he got that spot. So. Yeah. Why I look at those two holes, they were the similar things last year. But They've I look got at, Vave there as well, Terrapo. They've got a couple of guys yeah, there. They've got a bit of depth as far as the front row is concerned and guys to reach for. Nine, obviously, and halves depth the issue. If Moses or Norman gets hurt, you're probably going to have to reshuffle. Does Gutherson or someone play six again? Um, that's probably your one big issue, though. Nine and half depth if they have problems there. Mm. Um, Backline depth and forward depth doesn't seem to be a big issue. Gutherson maybe back around three or four. I think T-Rex available similar. Does he get a run? I don't know. Evans looks like his injury from the World Cup. He'll be back round one. More basing it off last year and who the coach is, I can overlook a few of these deficiencies because he's just built a tough culture. They're a hard side. I think the halves would be better. I think the back line would be a little bit sharper and they've got flexibility having a few of those players in there that can play one centre wing, etc. Um, and I think, again, I know we don't like to look into the draw too much, but I don't think there's going to be a big origin effect on it. I think their draw is pretty friendly. I've got the Eels finishing fourth. I've got the fourth as well. So them and the Sharks, I could kind of see flip-flopping between those two spots, but I think Brad Arthur with the few small gains that he's got, another off-season, and they should be hurting from the way they finished last year. Um, I think they'll push really, really hard this year and fight to make that top four again. So uh, some pretty good signs there for Parramatta, but I don't know if during the year you could pick up a nine. I thought Rain would have been a good pickup for them. And when they were talking Alicia, I thought that would have been a great move too. Mm. Uh, As far as potential... Half backups, I, I don't really know what they're going to be looking for there. I think the two kids they had, Dargan was one from the 20s who was moving up. Brisbane snagged him, so that would have been a good backup to have, but he's now gone. Um, and front rowers, I don't know what you could really get off the market right now, but who knows, he might try to add to one of those two spots during the season. So only time will tell, but the overs and unders for Para this year is 13.5, so I've gone over. I'll go over, yeah. Yep, and the odds for Parramatta. Uh, $13 to win the comp and 13 for the minor premiership. Top four, 275 so pretty good odds if you agree with us. $1.55 to make the eight, to miss the eight, $2.40, and I've seen a few people that think they will, so if you like that, there's good odds there. Uh, for the Spoon, $34, overs, unders, as we just said, 13 and a half the Parramatta Eels. Now, this is one that I've got a bit of a gripe with, but and it may be toss and turn and sweat a little bit, uh, but the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, uh, massive issues I had with them last year. I've they... settled on them. I've settled. Oh. I had a little little think about it, and I've settled. I've settled too, but we may have different opinions of how this is going to play. I don't out. know whether so. we will. All right, Panthers. They finished seventh. Uh, they made it to week two. They did well to win week one, considering the circumstances. They were sixth in attack. They were ninth in defence. But overall, last year, honestly, the coaching was piss poor. The players, to me, were under par, off field, team issues, and just missed chances. And I honestly, I'll say it again. The Ivan Cleary thing I'm never going to get over because I think the last two years, Penrith, Gus Gould and that, you've shot yourself in the foot because if he's in control of that roster the last two years, they go a lot better. They push close to a premiership. I don't know if they beat Melbourne, but they'd still be in a better position than what they are right now and they would have gone further as far as I'm concerned. I agree with that, yeah. um, Just 
the expectations weren't met. The, some of the selections, the outside backs on the bench, different guys in wrong positions, refusing to play Harawira and Ira, not moving Moylan, pushing Cartwright in the halves. The poor form of Marin, Tami, our key signings, this friction um, off the field. They kick, got dusted on the weekend by the yeah, Bulldogs second reserve grade side. Uh, Gus and Griffin were said to be having a Barney in the tunnel. Yeah. And we've heard rumours plenty uh, during the, the season. Griffin and Seraldo a bit of a spray. That uh, he's been doing a fair bit of coaching and yeah, Paul well, Kent grilled the players last know, night. We know enough. Yeah. We live in the area. We know enough about what goes on down there. You know enough people on the ground down there. And the fact is that he has been doing a lot of coaching. Yep. Simple and as that. The main man they've got in, obviously Maloney, which I have no problem with, and two blokes out that I don't have a problem with in Cartwright and Moylan. But I still have an issue with the coach, even if those guys have moved out. Yeah. Um, I would have... Yeah, I don't know. I just I look at that. And losses, it's mainly depth stuff. So you've obviously got the big ones in Moylan and Cartwright, but they needed a clean break. I think it's good for them and the club. Uh, Darren Nichols hurts a bit of halves depth, but you've still got Tyra Major, Jerome Lou, uh, Luai. Akawala's gone. Rain's the big one for me. Mm-hmm. As much as I like Wallace, I said it last year, he was busted halfway through the year. It's hard after a knee and shoulder surgeries to all of a sudden go from playing in the halves to in the middle of the field where he does do good with the ball and he controls things well around the ruck. But making 40-something tackles at age 33, 34 after a couple of big surgeries is not really slowing down the back end of your career. Mm-hmm. If anything, his workload's increased and I'm still not sure if he can handle it uh, moving forward. I think letting Rain go was a big mistake. Um up and coming, there's Wei Egan, the young nine, but he played under-20s. He played a couple of games of cup. I still think he's too small. I think heading into the season, he was under a bit of an injury cloud. I think he's good to go now, but do I see him playing off the bench over, say, a Katoa? No. Do I like Katoa? Yes, but I think he's more of a 13 than a nine in grade, and he's a little rough around the edges and ill-disciplined. Um, there's other guys like Kate Ellis, who I think could be in for a run. Jerome Luai, Reed Izzard, uh, you know, Louis... Nick, Nick Louis Toso, there's Oliver Clark, there's a lot of guys last year. Corey Waddell's another one we like. Again, these top 30s haven't been defined yet, so who's available to them? I'm not sure because they have to make that decision in the next couple of days. So if you check down our website in the next two days, you'd know. But my conclusion, looking at it, Edwards, Mansour, Peachy, Farre, Zelezniak, Maloney and Clear in your halves, Tamau Wallace, Campbell, Gillard, Yo, Kikau, Merrin, then you've probably got Fisher, Harris, Harawira, Naira, Whoever on the bench, I've come to the conclusion, even though I don't like Hook Griffin and I think things could fall apart, having those pair of halves, having Tarmow, who's supposed to be a big money signing, Merrin, Campbell Gillard, the way he's played, that back line, I still think they've got good depth. I will not take anything less than the top eight, and I didn't want to put them in. But I think that Griffin, if there is true rumours that he's going to get sacked, when he goes, there'll be a pressure valve off. I think the players will start playing better, and I honestly wouldn't hesitate. If he loses the first few games, or if they're done with him, as much as I didn't like what the Tigers did last year with Jason Taylor, I'd move on. If the problems, just move on. Cut the cord before the season kicks off, or cut the cord early. Give this squad a chance. And who would I hire? It definitely wouldn't be Des Hasler, and I've heard some rumours around that. Uh, Michael Maguire, I said personally, I thought got stale at the back end of South, but I think Michael Maguire would do a better job. And if he was available right now and keen to coach, which I hear he is, I'm pretty sure that him and Gus could work something out. I've got them, and I'm probably going to regret this because, to be honest, with if, if Hook's coaching the whole year, I reckon I'll miss the eight. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to play out how I think it is, and I think he's going to be gone, and I hope he is gone if they're smart, I think with this squad and the draw, again, I know you don't agree with me on the draw side of things, I think they should be sixth. I still don't think they're a premiership threat, though. Have you got them in your eight? I've got them in my eight. Oh, my and God. You know how much I hated on him last year, but I've, I just think I think he's going to be gone. I really do. 
I think he's when? going to be gone. Why, why wouldn't they have got rid of him in the off-season? Exactly. That's my thing. But to have all these gripes and that heading into the You've season... you just argued against yourself. He should much. give himself a triple, uh, Gus I've, Gould. I've got them finishing 12th. There you go. I've got them out. I, I've been tossing and turning with it. I've had them on the fringe of my eight. I thought about last year. Think about the off-field struggles. You get on. They get on TV last night, Campbell, Gillard and Merrin, and they basically concede that Gus is doing a lot of the coaching. They can see that there's been dramas with Griffin and the playing group. They say that the only players that are fighting with Griffin are now gone, gone, which is bullshit because how, how would anyone know that? That's a very easy thing to say. Yeah. And that's just to throw water on the public perception that there are troubles at the club. Last year, Griffin came out and denied there were troubles at the club. During the summer, he came out and said there were troubles at the club. The place is on fire. Where there's smoke, there's fire. There's smoke everywhere. The yeah. place is on fire. Um, you know, for me, he's got one assistant who's Cameron Serraldo. I've worked with Cameron Serraldo. Um, you know, he's he's a solid coach, but he's only had two or three years' experience. Uh, they've got a very, very young team, very, very talented team. For me, they're probably getting... Uh, they're not getting the coaching or the, the level of coaching in terms of the depth and the quality... Uh, at the top level, because they, and they said this again last night on television that Griffin's a country guy and he's very laid back, and I think they're probably getting a lot more technical coaching from Brennan and from the guys under under them in the junior system, in my opinion, and they're probably wanting for more, I think, and that's probably why Gus has stepped in uh, because the players want to be learning, and that was sort of the the line that they trotted out last night. Everyone's learning, Hooks learning, and. You know, we're all learning off Gus and Ciro's learning. It was a very, very good PR front, I guess, to give up, but I don't buy it. I really don't buy it. I don't like what they did last year. I just don't I just don't like where the club's headed. I'm hundred percent with you. I, I well I spent time there with Ivan Cleary. I know what the systems look like under Ivan Cleary. Um, do I know the systems that Griffin's running? No, I don't. And I don't pretend to. So this is just my opinion. I'm looking from the outside in now. I was looking from inside out previously, but uh, I, yeah, to me the wild card is James Maloney. I love that. I love that's, that. I love that Cartwright's gone and Moylan's gone. That's what's I got me that. over the line. I love the fact that Maloney's in there. Uh, I love their obviously their junior players, yeah. um, but I've just got massive concerns. Like you watch you watch their tape from last year, and Nathan Cleary's going to the line trying to ball play with no inside outside support. Yeah. Simple. They're stuff. running the same block block shapes. To me, they've got the same coaches here. I'm not sure what would have changed. Their result on the weekend suggests to me not a lot. They got a bit of a touch-up from the Roosters the week before that. I don't know, man. I, this no, is I'm my pretty, opinion. I, they I, won, they yeah. won the Roosters' trial. Penrith did? Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Did they? I'm pretty sure they won the Roosters' okay. trial. I'm pretty sure yeah. they didn't. I'm pretty sure they did, but I'm, 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 everything you Double said, and I know last thing. year, and anyone listening is probably sitting here going, Lewis is retarded because I absolutely slammed him last year. I was into Griffin. I was in a lot of these decisions. But Maloney's the one you've thrown in the deck, along with Cleary, Tarmow, Campbell Gillard after his Australian time. All these guys have to earn up to their billing as far as I'm concerned. And there's too much talent in there that even with the house on fire and a terrible coach, that I think Jimmy Maloney and Cleary in particular are the one reason I couldn't turn away from this side being in the eight. There's too much talent here. And I think that Gus has yeah, to own Penrith, this mistake. Penrith beat the Roosters. I think yeah. he has to, yeah, it's only a trial. I think he has to own this mistake. And I think if he's going to make a decision like they're talking about and there's smoke, there's fire, we're both right about that. Last year, and I think definitely now, just make a call. Mm. Own the call. You fucked up. Move on. 
if Maguire or there's someone out there, boom, move on. Get somebody in right now who's a better level of coach. And I think that is a decent option for the short term, mm. even if it's a 12-month deal just to see what happens and go back to the market. But I just – Maloney going there, Cleary, getting rid of those other couple of guys. Tarman needs to step up. Campbell Gillard's there. Kikau, I think, is in for a big year. Merrin's in for – it has to have a big year. All these guys have to step up. Um, and, you know, you've got murmurs again, like you said, that other guys, Peachy's apparently already going to the Titans. Mansour's talking to Parramatta and multiple clubs. That's not good to hear. So I think they need to pour water on this as soon as they can. And the best way to do that to me is to get rid of the coach. I don't think you're going to, but so, that's the reason, yeah, the reason why I am... And that's what I said. I'm, I've had them outside the eight. I think we're different for that reason. I feel, you think they're going to sack Griffin? I think that they'll do it early enough for things to be able to, to, be, save to be saved. And if not, if you want my honest opinion, if they're not willing to sack him, they're definitely not playing finals football, I reckon. Mm. If they play finals football with Griffin there... I'm surprised, but if they do, I reckon it'll be the same as last year. It'll be seventh or eighth, and it'll be a wasted year. And that's kind of why I've got them at six right now. And I agree. I, look, I if I just do. I don't trust the coach. Just with the talent there, I think if you put someone in like Maguire early enough, who's got a probably as far as I'm concerned a better coaching background, and he'll bring in some assistance. I also I also don't like the integrity of the players. I, I just I'm not I'm not sure. They they don't really come out and back the coach. No, but they don't. Eat, they don't come out but and I think admit to what's going on either. Like I, I think this is an issue more of what we've you said. You can before, see Paul though. Kent getting frustrated with it yeah. last night. But this they, is, they won't answer the question. This straight. is Gus Gould, in my opinion. This is all he's pulling more strings than what people realise at the club, and I think he's got a strength. Yeah, that's on. been going on for as long as he's been. Yeah, there. but I think it, it's been a positive for the first three years. But he's one mistake. No, I, I think you're right. I think Gus is very close to pushing the button. Yeah, but the stuff. But where up, does he go? The stuff up was clear. That was but it. where does he go? I think Maguire's your only option. I think it's a lot. I think anything's better than Hook. I honestly do. But and then Maguire does. Did the did Penrith have the players there to play the style that Maguire likes to play? Well, I think that'd be a conversation when they hire the coach because some people that flutter the idea of Hazard that can give themselves a triple. That's definitely not what they need. But the way they have or the players they've got, as far as the tax concerned, that's, I, that'd be my next question. I like, highly doubt he's. You need to think what himself. Gus is thinking. Gus might be thinking, "Hey, he's not the right man for the." Do they just go with Serraldo? Do they give Serraldo the job? I think that is an even worse idea. Because, like you said, he's only been coaching for a couple of years. I don't think he knows his elbow from his asshole, to be honest, as far as running a first-grade side. You said that. Develop- yeah, it's not you. This is me. <laughs> My opinions are completely separate to yours. Yeah. I, if you, no, I'm just I'm looking. Well, because the, the, other, the other hypocrisy of all this is that Garth Brennan was there. He said Garth Brennan yeah, well, is the next best coach, Trent next NRL. the next best coach as well. And when the job came up, Brennan didn't get it. No, Trent Barrett was the next best thing. They pushed him out. Anyone that was a decent assistant, they've pumped up their tyres and they've got them jobs, which is all well and good. But mm. if they're better coaches than Griffin, why didn't they get the job? You should have pulled the trigger. Surely at the end of last season, it was clear well, enough. Well, when you fire Ivan, why wouldn't have Brennan have got the job? He'd but, won two... But um, even last year, it was clear enough by the end of the year, surely, and even to Gus again, mm. regardless of whether I think, like we said before, I, I think this was more of a yes-man decision because him and Cleary disagreed on some things. And if he's that stubborn and got that much pride. That he can't work in well, with that's somebody. Fact. That's fact. That we he fired that. him for that reason, and you get a guy in who says yes, but now you're frustrated because he's a shit coach. Well, that's your own fault. So you're going to have to bite the bullet. Yeah, find it hard. So, yeah, it, it's it, going to be a very interesting year for Penrith. I've got very them, interesting. I've year. got them six. They but, could win the comp, and it wouldn't shock me. And they could run last, and it wouldn't shock oh, me. Nothing would shock me. But I'm going. I think the house is burning down, and they're going to save it early enough. But you've got them six. I reckon what they're going to. I reckon they're going to save it early enough. But the wild card, like you said, I think Maloney. He's got what he's wanted. He's there with Cleary. I'm putting enough faith in those two and a few forwards last year that were ordinary to step up and hopefully get them into finals. And anything less, and all the fans out there would agree, and we get messages all last year from frustrated Panther fans, 
everything we've been saying for two years and it took Ryan Girdler, finally someone, because they're all buddy-buddy with ex-players and clubmen, to come out almost at the back end of last year to finally say, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. We've been hampering on it for two years about the shit they've been dishing up. Yeah. But I don't think there's too much there. Make a decision. Get things rolling. You can't be rebuilding forever. No. Push the wheelbarrow. Push the button now, the Gus. Players, the players can't be too young forever. Like, it's, it's no. time to We're step We're young. Up. We're young. We're young. Well, they've all played those 30, 40 games or two seasons or whatever they're talking about. It's go time. Yeah. Um, so I've got them six, but not with a whole lot of faith. This is again. And who plays nine if Wallace gets injured? Katoa. He's uh, not an 80-man hooker. And that's, they've got the young kid there, Egan. Egan. He's not an he's not at ready for so that. That's another one with rain gown, like I said. That's a critical thing. Rain, that was a bad decision. I'm still giving myself a triple now that you bring it up that I put them in. Yeah, you're an idiot. Souths were the one that I agonised leaving out, and I probably should have put Souths in. Yeah, well. But I'm going to stick with my decision. Good. Because I have to now. Good. Because I've said it on here. But mark my words, like I said, if they don't make a nah, change. Nah, you're, you're freaking sitting on the fence. It mate. could burn down. But in the Premiership betting, they're $13. Mm-hmm. Uh, minor Premier's 11 Can't see that happening. Top four, $2.90. To make the eight a dollar fifty, so pretty short around the eight. To miss the eight, so on your side of things, two fifty there. Spoon thirty four dollars. Over under is thirteen and a half. Under. So if I've got them at six, that basically means they have to win fourteen or fifteen, doesn't it? No, they're gonna yeah have to win Oof. fourteen. You're a fool, mate. I'm still gonna go ruthless. I'm gonna say under and say they win thirteen, even though I've got them at six. Not your smartest move. No, I've just gone full retard, but. I'll deal with that. That's my own fault. Panther fans out there, don't mind me. South Sydney, and this is the one I agonised over. Last year, 12th, they missed the finals. 11th in attack, 12th in defence. Uh, it was doomed from week one, basically. Uh, you'd heard <coughs> all the murmurs that things were getting stale. They were over Mike Maguire. Nothing had changed. You had the Burgesses get big contracts. A lot of guys from that premiership team get loaded up, not live up to their potential. They lost players. They lost depth. Uh, Adam Reynolds held together by a sticky tape. He couldn't keep himself on the field. They lost English round one. I thought that was piss poor management. Um, a lot of things. I and mean, the big thing that broke the camel's back, I think, for all the players and a lot of them going to the club was Maguire's way to get out of everything is you just work harder. So if you play shit, you do something wrong, he's just to flog the piss out of them. They weren't getting rested. They weren't getting rehabbed. And I think a lot of them felt that was the reason they were getting injured or players were just burning out. Mm. And on top of that, like I said, nothing had changed. Still one out. Very basic. The structures that were in place were quite restrictive. They needed a change. And the back end of the year, uh, on his way out, uh, things, they started to play a little bit more football. They won a couple of games, and sure enough, they stuck the knife in randomly uh, days after the season ended and Seabold took his job. But magically, within 24 hours, he was only offered that job. Sure, sure. As if he didn't know about it. Mm. That old chestnut. I think it was a positive move. I know nothing. I think it was a very positive move after a hard year. I will give one thing to him at the back end of the year. Um, he blooded Campbell Graham, Cameron Murray, Fui Mano, a lot of these guys. I think that was very beneficial for he's the side. Not, he's not the worst coach. Like there's there's nah. there's worse coaches that kept their job. I Griffin that, that that you know should have got the sack before Michael McGuire. That's but the other sure. thing, like I said, he flip flopped on the hookers. I said last year I thought Cook should have got that job, and Reynolds been held together by a duct tape doesn't really work either. Week in week out, you keep losing a key half. So yeah. um, he was moved on. They needed a fresh voice, a fresh approach, and from looking at the trial form and the way they're playing. The attacks out, and I'll get to their actual team, and I'm actually a really big fan, and I'm, I'm punching myself in the head right now as I'm putting him in, but Dan Gagai coming over, good move. Uh, he's also scoured the barrel for a lot of younger guys to fill up some depth, so Mark Nichols, uh, Richie Kenner, Jesse Arthurs, Vincent Lulawai, common theme, ex-Melbourne assistant, bringing a lot of Melbourne system players in to this side, and you've already got Cody Walker and a couple other guys that have been there as well. Very smart losses. Goodwin, Goslowski, Aaron Gray, David Tyrrell, 
Anthony Charrington, Brett Gronke, uh, Luke Kelly, Dane Nielsen. There, there was a lot of dead wood that needed to go. So I think straight away, positive moves. Some young guys that he knows from the Storm system to come in there. Good kids coming through. One you've seen the last two weeks, which is one of the reasons I'm kind of kicking myself when I tossed and turned. Adam Doohey, this half. I watched him play Cup last year for Norths, and honestly, he didn't play anywhere near as well as what he did for Lebanon in the World Cup and in these two trial games, and he has grown a lot. He was yeah. not this big last year. He looked maybe 5'10", something like that, and pretty skinny. Now he looks like he's about six foot three and pretty hefty. He was impressive. So he looked very, very good. If that's your backup half, that's a very, very handy thing to have. But the main thing uh, on top of that, you've got Marwin Hirodi, who's a gun young fullback. Um, they've got some other guys they're pushing through. Tyron Tacoma, Jesse Arthurs from Melbourne, Lucky Tavale, a back row. But if you look at the way things worked out last year, I think Johnston showed you that he's got the ability to play fullback. He's got a bit of a pass. He's still got to work on it. But that natural instinct, pushing up on the ball, that speed to burn, very, very good. Uh, and then you've got Heimel Hunt, who I'm a big fan of in the centres. But you get Gagai over and you get GI, who can transition there now. And more than happy to with the injuries you've had. You've got two absolute weapons on your edges. You've got a lightning fullback. Hunt pushing out to a wing, I think, helps in yardage. Whether it's Campbell Graham or someone else in the other wing, I don't think that's a real big issue because that back line's pretty well loaded. Cody Walker was outstanding last year in a side where he didn't have a lot of support. Yeah, he played a bit of fullback. Yeah, he played a bit of six. But if he's at six and Reynolds stays healthy, and even if he doesn't now, from what you've seen from Doohey, I think they've got some flexibility there. Mm-hmm. Cameron Murray's outstanding. I think he'll take that lock position. I think they'll roll the dice, even though they've got Crichton for one more year with him and Sam Burgess in the back row. All that, in my head, those halves, Walker, Reynolds, Edges, Burgess, Crichton, Gagai, GI, has me absolutely salivating yeah, and you with put Alex Johnson. Where'd you put him, brother? the front row I don't trust. Tom, George, old Fumble, the George, Fumble yeah. twins, if they're going to be making five or six errors a game and get caught out in the middle... They won't be. I don't know if I can trust them. Hairspray on the hands, brother. The other one, there, Mark Nichols comes in. He looks like he's going to get an early opportunity. He's done a good job so far. Can he sustain that for the whole year? Can Zane Musgrove show enough growth to push into that role? Or are they going to have to go back to putting Sam Burgess in there and deploying him as a battering ring and put someone else on the edge? I.e., probably John Sutton. Hmm. John Sutton's a good player, but I'd rather have Sam out in that edge if I can trust George, Mark Nichols, Tom Burgess, Zane Musgrove to hold down that middle third of the field. If they can get that right, honestly, from what I've seen on the weekend and those edges, having G.I., Crichton, Gagai, all that, this team could be a real threat. Or I think they could definitely push their way into the eight. Yep. And now I'm talking about, like I said, I'm going to have to live with it because I've made that decision. Yeah, you put Penrith in before he puts the house yeah, in. But, yeah, and the other one, I think... I love the coach. Seabold has finally made the, the one decision I said last year that Maguire couldn't, which is putting in the nine in Cook, and I think he's paid dividends, obviously, these first few trial matches. He's dynamic. Yeah. He gets out of the ad line. If there's one mark, he's off, and he just puts his forwards over the advantage line. He helps George and Tom out, which is a big thing. And he's I'm a little bit biased, as you know. We've I know Anthony, well, not as a mate mate, but I had... A little bit to do with him through a couple of coaching courses. Um, followed his career quite closely because I thought he he might crack it as an assistant. He certainly did that. Now he's cracked it as a head coach. I didn't expect him to get here this quick, but yeah, he um, super intelligent guy. Uh, was just I was mesmerised by him in the the course that was in 2012. So six years ago, since then he's been to Melbourne. Um, he come back up to Manly, then to South as the assistant. Now in his first grade coach, I think he's going to do a fantastic job. I think he's already doing a pretty good job. So I've got him in my eight, my friend. Yeah. I, right. think, I look across the park. I love what they've got. I think they'll be well coached. I like the style of play that they've projected in the, the first couple of weeks of trials. I know it's only trials, but yeah, 
I think they beat a pretty good opposition in the Dragons on the weekend. So I like them. I've got them finishing seventh. I already regret my decision. And on top of that, you've got depth because you've got Doohey, Connor Trace, who was a former Australian schoolboy. I'll I'll give you a take. I reckon by the end of the year, Adam Reynolds might not be starting in the halves. If he doesn't, he was good on the weekend. If he doesn't do he. stay healthy, I'm with you. I reckon he might be on the border. Ship him off of getting pushed out, or they might fish him somewhere else. So, uh, Fuimano, they've got a lot of good kids in that side that I do like. They're going to have to find space on the bench for them. It's just the front row that concerns me. If they can get that right, and those guys can get rolling with Cook, those edges are going to be absolutely deadly. And then they've got depth even with Farah, who's probably going to get pushed out of there. So Farah, if you've got nine and a half depth, that's a pretty good situation to be in. So. I've got them ninth, and I'm agonising at full. So we'll see what happens. But them and Penrith, or them and the Broncos and the Dragons, I was agonising over those guys in Canberra, but I've somehow talked myself into leaving them out. So their odds, $17 to win the comp, 15 for the minor premiership, top four, 375, top eight, $1.80 to miss the eight. Two bucks to win the spoon is 23, over under 11.5. You're obviously over. Over. At ninth, I'll say over, but they win 12 and just miss. So a hard one there. But Souths, things change very quickly under Coach Seabold. And the talk is already they're trying to sign Felice Cafusi to cover up for the loss of Adam Crichton. There you go. Angus Crichton. Sorry, not Adam Crichton, but already making, already making moves to plug the hole. So the Roosters... Moving on to them now. Second last year and a missed opportunity when they got knocked out of the finals by the Cowboys. They definitely should have been in the grand final with Melbourne. but Should have been. Knocked out in the prelims. Seventh in attack, third in defence. They bounced back last year compared to the year before, but they could never play for 80. A bit similar to the Sharks. They're a frustrating team. Errors, penalties. Every time you thought they were going to run away with the game or had a strong 15, 20-minute period, they fell away. There was plenty of examples. There was a Sharks game where they were down basically the whole game, couldn't hold the football, couldn't get out of yardage, and they found a way to win with a man in the bin, I'm pretty sure. And then you had the game against the Tigers where they're up 18-0 on the click of a finger, and next minute they're under fire for 40, 50 minutes, and they found a way to win at the back end. It was a frustrating year all around. It came to a tough close, obviously, with that loss to the Cowboys, but their forward pack really let them down at the back end of the year. Um, There was a bit of a struggle for them to lay a platform. They couldn't hold the football, and they were all disciplined and... It was just another missed chance for a really, really great roster. But then you look forward to this year. If you can bring in a marquee player, it's one thing. And they brought in Cooper Cronk for Mitchell Pearce, who they felt was a key ingredient. But James Tedesco, that's massive. And James Tedesco, and this is the big take I've got here, for his whole career, everything he's achieved has been on his own, basically. He hasn't had a whole lot of help. Coming into this side, friend, Kiri, Cronk, the brilliance of Trent Robinson, a good forward pack, outstanding outside backs. He's got that much help around him that he's never, ever had in his career. This has to be a career year, surely, for James Tedesco. You think so? He's going to be enabled in so many different ways. He's going to have great coaching, great structure around him. Um, Do I think things are going to take time to click with Cooper Cronk? Yes. Um, You know, compared to, say, how he was at Melbourne, there's different combinations. He's playing with a different nine and a different fullback. I don't think James Tedesco is Billy Slater as far as the amount of dynamics he has to his game. But is he as lethal a ball runner and a weapon to use? Yep. Will he link well with Kiri? Yes, I think when he returns. Friend compared to Smith, it's not the same. I don't think the ruck will be manipulated as well or he's going to get as much time on the ball, Cooper Cronk, but I think he'll find his place in this side. Um, Does he have a better year than last year? I hope so, because I honestly thought last year in an absolutely outstanding side for Melbourne, he was just okay. Um, Is his focus off the field? That was part of his move. Business, life after football, but at the same time, the side he's in right now, he honestly has a chance to push for another premiership in a brand new environment. Well, yeah. Luke it's Keery. premiership or bust for the Roosters this 100%. year. 100%. You, you lose Pierce. 
I get that. You lose yeah. Watson, Guerra, you lose Guerra, Pierce, Watson, but Gordon. But they got guys around that to push in, yeah. and you're getting two internationals pretty much. Tedesco yeah. is an international. Well, Guerra is pushed out by the fact that Madison was really good last year in the back row, and they've yeah, got how, how Tedesco missed the Aussie squad. Oh no, I did. Beyond me, Madison, so. Tokiaho, Orbison, Liu, Tedavano did a good job. Victor Radley took that bench role, similar who can play nine, thirteen, etc. For Watson, yeah. all those guys are covered for. Um, you know, they're kids that pushing through. They've got some good they ones there. They signed Frank Paul Newasala today. Today well. for like 60K. Yeah. So they've got another great guy as far as depth is concerned. I, I'm not a big fan, but if you're getting him on for 60K, that's a great pickup. You know, they're not allowed to sign him for 60K, are they? Well, they've got roughly around, reported somewhere around that. The back end of your top 30 now, you can pay as low as $70,000 to have somebody in. So okay. it's a pretty good deal. But they've got some good kids as well, like I said. Lindsay Collins was great in cut last year. A front row, I think he'll push up. Nat Butcher's still sitting there waiting Puasa, Fuller Masalo, I can't even pronounce his last name, to be completely honest with you. Um, Cornish is the backup half. Uh, Ruben Porter from the under-20 side. It, but the big one for me, that back line's outstanding. I think Latrell's going to have a better year. Tupo, Ferguson, Tedesco, etc. But the Kiri cronk combination with Friend is the big one. Yeah, I think yeah. Kiri's game won't change as much, and I think Cronk will enable him or give him plenty of football and enable those around him. But... The link with Friend, I think, is going to be very different to Smith. He doesn't offer as many tools or as much deception or take as much pressure off him as Smith does around the number nine role. And I think Tedesco is the other one he's going to have to link up with. It's not the same dynamic as Billy. He's going to have to build those connections with those guys around him. Yeah. But it's a big year also in saying that I think for guys like Jared Rhea Hargraves for the poor finish that he had, Dylan Napa, who there was rumours that he was borderline going to Parramatta and had clashes with the coach, those two need to step up and lead from the front because that forward pack crumbled at the back end of the year when they really needed him. Courtney, you know, is going to hold down one edge, but the other side of the field, I think Madison's got a legit chance to hold that spot over Orbison just because he's more dynamic, bigger, got more footwork. And Tokiaho, for more reports, I thought Reese Robinson might get an opportunity for a wing spot because he's a goal kicker. The talk is that Tokiaho is going to probably play maybe 13 in goal kick, so pretty interesting there, and that's an important facet of your game, but I've got them finishing first in the regular season. The Sydney Roosters. I think they can finish up as the minor premiers. Same. Uh, I don't know if they'll go on to win the comp, but if they do, I wouldn't be surprised. But the Cowboys would be my favourite right now. And then the Roosters in Melbourne would be jostling out for that other spot to play them. So, loaded side. Couple of big moves. Players out. Yes, plenty of depth there. Great coach. If they're not threatening, it's a massive fail. A huge fail. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I was disappointed to see Cronk go, but... This circumstance, this team, this is an opportunity to write another chapter to finish off his career for these last two years or whatever time he's going to end up being at mm. the Roosters. and uh, A big opportunity, obviously, for Trent Robinson now. They've pushed all in by making this move and getting rid of Pierce. Let's see if they can prove that this was the missing piece. Yeah. The odds for the Roosters, $5. They're the favourites to win the comp. Five, uh, they're also the favourites for the minor premiership, four fifty. Top four, $1.80. Top eight, $1.22 to miss the eight. $4 a spoon, 101 over under 15 and a half, which is huge. But if you're going to finish first or second, you're going to need probably 17, 16 wins or more. Last year, first was 20. So I'm going to go over. What was the over under? 15 and a half. Oh. If you got them first or second, you're going to say yeah, they're winning 18 to 20 or something like that. So, yeah. Moving on from the Roosters. How many have we got left? Two to go. You got the Dragons. And say Judge. The Dragons last year, ninth, missed the finals, fifth in attack, sixth in defense. They were first after eight rounds, but hit a massive flat spot. And then in their last 10 games, they only won two or three. Oh, they were absolutely terrible on the way home. And some of the losses were absolutely heartbreaking. They lost games to Newcastle, South, the Dogs, the Titans, all these teams that were held up on a platter. And again, like you say, the draw doesn't matter all the time, but 
honestly, they shit the bed. And the year before, they did the exact same thing. Yeah. They were out in front after seven or eight rounds, hit that flat spot, and they couldn't go on with it. But the big thing here, and I think the easiest way to sum it up, hot forward pack to start last year, but 80% of their points come from one side of the field because Josh McCrane was their other half, and he's terrible. He's now no longer there. Widop doesn't have all that pressure on that left side. Did he lose one of his key players in Joel Thompson? Yes, there's putting Tarek Sims or Leilua there. A quality replacement. I think Sims has a better chance of starting on that edge than Leilua. Is he as good as Thompson on his best day if he's healthy? I think he can be. Um, but that forward pack, I think they've lost a little bit of depth. But the massive in, obviously, is Ben Hunt. They've now got two halves. The pressure is off Gareth Widop. They've already got a great left foot kicking game out of him. But now you've got a decent right foot kicking game, another running half. Both sides of the field. McKinnis should be better for these two being there. The front row last year, obviously, Vaughan and Packer was a massive combo. Can Graham replace Packer? I don't think he's going to be the exact same player, but he brings his own uniqueness and leadership to that side. The back row of Frizzell, Sims, DeBellin. It is a very good forward pack, a good pair of halves. My only question marks over Dufty. You don't like Dufty. I'm not a huge fan. I think he's a good ball player, but I think if you pin him down there and you get him caught in yardage, you can bull him. Mm. But he's shown some definite flashes, that's for sure. Um, but those two halves, that nine, that starting forward pack, my issue is outside of the starting 13 because I think even their back line with Nightingale, Aitken, Lafay, Nene, and even some of the kids they've got, uh, young Zach Lomax is 19, he's an absolute monster, Ruben Garrick, Patrick Herbert, Jay Field, who's an option for the halves or fullback. They've got some options there. A good young backup nine in Reese Robson. Darren Nichols, the New South Wales Cup half we both like, is a great backup for the halves they've got there coming over this year. My issue is probably the forwards. Mitch Allgood, Jeremy Lattimore, uh, you know, Blake Laurie, these kind of guys. I think there's going to be more of an ask on Vaughney, James Graham, DeBell and these kind of guys, maybe Frizzell again, to push in the middle at times to cover for those bench guys now that they've lost Packer. Armour is obviously there, but they have to make the finals this year. If you're going to bring in Ben Hunt and improve on last year and Graham in for Packer and what else has gone out the door, a lot of what they've pushed out when you look at it from this perspective Levi Dodd, Fifi Lower, Hind, Hutchinson, Chris Lewis, Mossy Masoy, McCarthy, Tyron McCrone, Mill, Nona. Most of these guys, are, you know, they're not really big parts of their top squad. The big losses were obviously Josh Dugan. Does that hurt? Yes, but he was playing in the centres. Was he more of a distraction than he was a hindrance? Was he best and worst, you know, few and far between? I don't know. If he's not playing fullback for you, and clearly they didn't want to pay him fullback money, you don't keep him. Um, I think Packer and Thompson are big. What was he delivering on his big money deal? I don't think. No, for that's what he, why they let, yeah. let him go. The two bigger ones for me are Packer and Thompson. I think they're both great for him. Packer obviously was after a big payday and rightfully so with his life circumstances, he needed it. Thompson was after a longer term deal. They felt that in host, Sally and a couple of their younger players coming through, also Jackson Ford, who was their 20s player of the year, that they had back row depth coming through. And with yeah. the, the signings they'd made, they're under cap pressure. So they were happy to let him go take a longer term deal. Can Sims fill that role? I think he can if he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Is DeBellin and all those Frizzell very, very good? Can Graham fill Packer's role for a whole year, though? I'm not sure. I love James Graham, but I said openly that I thought the three-year deal was too long and I thought the money was too big. Um, I don't know if his body's going to hold up. I hope it does because he's an outstanding player, but that's my big question. But I've got them in my eight. I think after the last two seasons, to bring in Ben Hunt in particular... I thought you were going to leave him out. They have to be in. And this is one I agonised over again. I've got them eighth, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did better. I've got them fifth. But you know who the pressure's on now? I like him. I like Paul ben McGregor. Hunt. Paul McGregor's yeah. whinged and whined and said that he hasn't had his team. He said this year he's got his team. So now you've got it, Paul. Now it's time to not choke after leading after eight rounds, two years in a row on Sunday. Well, you look at them. They've got an international... I'd argue an international forward pack almost. DeBell and Frizzell are origin... 
quality players. Graham, obviously an international. Vaughan should be an international. McInnes will push for origin. Sims, he was the next big thing. If he stays he's, he's healthy, finally, yeah, he'll be good on that edge. You've got Hunt and Widop, who are both excellent. Dufty, who I think is going to be, well, transform into a, you know, certainly a regular starting first-grade fullback this year. Lafayette and Aitken in the centres and two good wingers in Nightingale and McDonald. Yeah. Uh, yeah, McDonald. So... You know, obviously there's concerns over the bench, but Just, I, I like yeah. what Kurt Mann's done. He comes on, does a good job. I, I like Post. Yeah, Armour. So. And Sele's been solid, so... I like their side. It's more if they lose anyone like that, but I'm with you. I had to put him in. After the last two seasons, they've just fallen short. Putting Ben Hunting was enough to push me over the line, so... Yeah. Um, and that, that combination's only going to get better. Yeah. I've got them eighth. You've got them fifth. Uh, the over and under for the Dragons is 12 and a half. So if you've put them in, you've got to go over, over. basically. I'll so over. I'm with you there. Um, yeah, I'm still dirty about that CRS one, but we'll see what happens. The Premiership for the Dragons, $17 to win the comp, 21 to win the minor Premiership. Top four, $4, $1.90 to make the eight, to miss the eight, $1.85. The Spoon, $23 over. I know we just set it 12 and a half. We've both gone over. And our last team is the Tigers, Boxhead. Last year... Just couldn't have started any worse. It's been awful for a few years. The club has been a dead set joke, but within the first couple of rounds, they build up on South Sydney because they play against Robbie Farrow and everything looks rosy red. Then they have a couple of poor losses. The board sacks Jason Taylor a few rounds in. Their key three players refuse to sign contracts, hold a gun to their head as they have done the last few years. Say they're the big three, they're the big four, whatever they are, yeah. even though they've not delivered on any potential. They make the best decision they've ever made, in my opinion, to go get Ivan Cleary. Uh, it takes a couple of weeks because obviously he probably had some conditions and circumstances he wanted in place before he took the job. He comes in and immediately things change and you yeah. don't hear much for the rest of the year. He puts a deadline on all those contracts. He gets rid of a couple of them. Moses, he pulls the deal. Anyone who wants to argue about that, I'll fight you on blue in the face. He basically would have went to him, in my opinion, and said he's become, he became similar to Robbie Farrell. He was trying to dictate terms. He had family links yeah, to the also, club. He, he had too big of an ego. At the end of the year anyway, so see you later. Oh, not even that. Before he signed the deal, he pulled that contract to me and didn't offer him one because I think he needed to leave the club. And yeah. I think he would have said to him, I think you need to go as well. Yeah, but Moses sort of said, well, I'm not signing it. So Ivan sort of said, well, that's that's fine. Go now. If you're going to go to Parramatta, go now. Oh, but before he signed with Parham, yeah. they said that he didn't offer him a contract. They were saying one was pulled. Yeah. I heard he didn't offer him one. I think it was for those reasons above. He became too big for the club. Which too much of an smart. issue. He just looked at him and thought, you probably need a fresh start as well. And look what happened. He went to Parra and we said the same thing. If he reaches potential, good on him, but I think he's a bit of a tool. He went there. You heard nothing from him. He played great football. He went in a new environment. He's not a standout. He doesn't have an uncle or family linked to the club. It was the best possible situation, I think, for all parties. Luke Brooks got full control now. I think um, you know his partner that he gets in Josh Reynolds is much more similar to the way he wants to play Aaron Woods, I never would have paid the money they were talking about. The only one I would have been devastated in losing is James Tedesco. Yeah, I agree. And his frustration, as much as the Tigers fans are frustrated, compared to the rest of them, was just not winning. And when he was on the field, you know, he was given his all, I think, and he's one of the only ones that could probably say that he delivered on it. Uh, for the price tag, people would say his injuries didn't justify it, but if there's one of them I would have wanted to keep, it was him. Uh, Agreed. At the same time, though, Cleary does what he does best, comes in, quick flip on that, situation resolved. Blooded some kids, even though there's not a whole lot there. But Isar Masters comes in, plays well. Does a mid-season swap, gets twile over. Malachi Zlesniak plays some football. Matty Eisenhuth, who was a gun at my age group, had some bad injuries. He finally gets a crack. He was outstanding at the back end of the year. Um, It's a slow build, but you just look at the work that he's done early on. He gets Josh Reynolds over. Great for culture, great for that club. The kind of guy that the Bulldogs said would 
bring them all together, and they need that right now, very clearly. Um, you've got a guy like Paco to join the front row with Madalino, two guys who's worked with the Warriors. That's a very stark front row and something they've lacked. And I would rather pay those two the combined money they've got than pay for Woods on his own. McQueen comes over, solid as rock, centre-back row. I don't care what anyone says, good footballer. And then there's just some depth buys there, which are needed because there's not a whole lot coming through from their 20s in cup because they've ran last in both those comps last year. Yeah. So Fanua, Peter Godinay, Tyson Gamble from the Queensland Cups, a half he's going to work with. Corey Thompson can play fullback utility. Benji Marshall coming back is a great backup half and good for your younger blokes. Tarn Milne, centre winger. Robbie Rocco on the cheap. Um, and what they cleared out besides Woods and Tedesco being big losses. Um, Arvissi, Manafana, he went away out. Suli's offload contract's a good idea. That's money free. Kyle Lovett. Matt Ballon, who was injured. Idris was injured. Justin Hunt. Jordan Rankin. Jack Littlejohn. Joel Edwards. Just, just freeing up money. Um, as sad as it is to say... Moving forward, I, I think they're going to be an effort team like they were last year. I think just purely on coaching. Yeah. And how, you know, just the side itself will be a reflection of the coach, but I just don't see them making a dent really this year. And I think, again, for as good as I like the forward pack with Packer, Madalena, all these kind of guys, I think Brooks and Reynolds uh, are going to be a solid pairing, but it's not going to be enough out of nine. If it's McCurick and Little, I think Little's still got a lot to learn. I don't think McCurick. He's a very creative nine. He's a very Barry basic, so I don't think they're getting a lot out of that department. At fullback, it looks like Lola here has already been pushed out of the way, possibly for Corey Thompson. So if they don't trust him, your spine or your key positions there, there's not a whole lot coming out. You know what you're going to get from Reynolds. It's going to be energy, not a whole lot of creativity. So I think, again, maybe there's a bit too much expectation on a Luke Brooks. Yeah, well, he's got to deliver now. He's got the team. Uh, he's going to be able to push the team around himself. They're saying that Reynolds is going to play a little bit of six and a little bit of nine. Benji will probably play off the bench, similar role to what he had in Brisbane. Yeah. I like their side. I like their squad. He's picked a lot of effort plays, a lot of um, those worker-type plays, which he loves. Yeah. I think – I don't think they're a top-eight team. Definitely but not. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they push for a top-eight spot and finish from sort of nine to 12. Um, but I've got them finishing 14th. Again, because you look at the teams ahead of them and I can't, on paper, and you know when you think about how the season may play out, yeah. I can't, based on what I see on paper and what I think is going to play out, see them no. finishing any further ahead of, and, apart from a couple of sides, and that's just based on quality of their roster and, and depth, but good coaching. Yeah, great coaching. So a long way. And it's a, it's a slow build, a bit like Newcastle. He's inherited a shit situation. He's flipped it around pretty quickly already. Yeah. People saying they paid over to those players. You have to do that to get players over if you've got nothing coming through. If you run last in cup and last in the 20s, you've clearly got nothing coming through. So he's had to go over this to make sure for the next few years they can plug those gaps and have some quality there to chip away while they make some moves. And then those other buyers that are smarter, your Mahir Fanuizhi, Corey Thompson's cheaper guys from the Super League who have had first-grade experience, who are handy to your squad and ready to play, they're not going to be world beaters, but it at least fills up your top 25, your top 30, and gives you a chance. Yeah. But little is going to grow... I think Brooks will be better this year because he's in control, but I don't know if he's got enough around him. Fullback's obviously a question mark. Maybe Lola here turns out to be a bad decision if he doesn't get to play there or if they already don't have that faith in him. Yeah. Um, little coming off a shoulder injury, he is a little bit little himself. Is he going to be a bit bigger this year? Is he going to bulk up? Is McKeever going to have to hold down that spot? It's just depth in those key positions. Marshall's a good backup there, but as far as the front row depth and the back line depth uh, and just – they start the year, I think, with the top four teams. I think they're playing the Roosters, the Storm, so it's a harsh way to start as well. Yeah. I don't think much is in their favour. Someone has to be given the wooden spoon. I'm going to give it to them, and I feel stupid because Ivan Clear is their coach, and I don't think that's 
going to happen, but just looking at their roster. I, yeah, it's I, a difficult wooden spoon to give out. I, I think it's a harsh year for anyone to get the spoon, um, but I've got them finishing last, unfortunately. That's why I've sort of gone left field. I don't, they look too obvious, the those bottom few sides, and I like what the Titans, what the Knights, what the uh, Tigers have all done, so I've sort of gone left the field. Yep, so for the Premiership, they're $67. For the Miners, 81 Top four, $12. Top eight, $5.00. To miss the eight, a dollar fifteen for the spoon. They're the equal favourite with the Titans at three fifty. Overs under seven and a half, Brock. I think last year they won seven games. So, I'll go over. So you're going to go over, and you, oh, I've got them coming last. Basically, that's saying six or seven games. So I think they'll win eight. I'm going to say under, and so they fall right on that mark. But um, yeah, I find that very, very harsh to put them in there. But that's uh, that's all sixteen teams. So when you look at things, I think the only the ones I agonised over. Oh, well, I'll go through it. First, I've got the Cowboys. Second, I've got the Roosters. Third, I've got the Storm. I think you could shuffle that any which way that one of those three is the minor premiership or the top three, mm. uh, depending on origin, injuries, etc. I think you'd agree with me there. Yeah. The next two, to me, that were pretty obvious were the Eels from last year. They've got a few more players in and just the coaching. Um, I think they're going to be there and the Sharks with their roster. They're, those first five, to me, I found pretty easy to put in. Yeah. After that, I think the Tigers and the Titans I couldn't put in. But honestly, like you, if everything fell right for the Tigers or the Titans, I could see it. But those two, I really couldn't put in. But all the way from fifth, uh, sorry, fourteenth up to sixth. So Panthers, Broncos, Dragons, South Raiders, NZ, Eagles, Dogs, Knights, Titans. Uh, sorry, Knights. I could make a bit of a case. But um, in all honesty, the main ones I agonised over: Panthers, Broncos, Dragons, South, and Raiders. That yep. kind of five there to get in those last three spots. You said it again. You're not big on the draw, but I think the Raiders contract year for a lot of key players, not a bad draw, not a big origin effect. It wouldn't surprise me. No one's talking about them if they slipped under. South, look at those first few games, those edges like I talked about. It's just that front row. They're probably the one I regret the most. I think that one may come bite me on the ass for Penrith. I really want to leave Penrith out, but Maloney, but you didn't. Cleary, these kind of things. And Brisbane, it's more any year I've kind of written them off or thought they were going to fall backwards. They're just one of those clubs like a Melbourne like a rooster, like a Cowboys, it always just keep on keeping on. So, we'll and the see. Dragons now having two halves, it was pretty hard to leave them out. So, Lewis's ladder running through Cowboys first, uh, Roosters second. Or sorry, it was the other way around. I put that there because the Cowboys win the comp. Roosters first, Cowboys second, Storm third, Eels fourth, Sharks fifth, Panthers sixth, Broncos seventh, Dragons eighth, uh, ninth, Souths tenth, Raiders, Warriors eleventh, Eagles twelfth, Dogs thirteenth, Knights fourteenth, Titans. 15th and last, unfortunately, the Tigers. Brock, your ladder. My ladder uh, from 1 to 16. Top 8, Roosters, Storm, Cowboys, Eels, Dragons, Sharks, Rabbitohs, Raiders. And my bottom 8 from 9 to 16, Warriors, Broncos, Bulldogs, Panthers, Knights, Tigers, Titans, Seagulls. Alrighty. Premiers, I think the Cowboys. Uh, I've got the Cowboys. The standout. Yeah. Uh, the Miners, I said before. Obviously, I think the Roosters may be the one. The, we've both got... Cowboys, Roosters. Yep. Uh, the Spoon, I've obviously got the Tigers. Or I have Manly. you got Manly there. Uh, the Slider, I've got Manly. I've obvious. Got Manly. Because they're on the way down without Blake Green, in my opinion. The Improver is the Dragons. I know that's probably an easy one to pick, but they didn't make the finals. The I think they can push their way in yep. and probably do better. A Dark Horse, I found this hard to classify. Because the Sharks, I don't know if you can consider them a dark horse because yeah. they were in the finals last year. But if you wanted to give me a legit one, and I'll put this out there, and you just touched on it, I didn't put them in. If Canberra get in, if those halves find form, and if Hodgson gets back at the back end of the year and they somehow find themselves in position, mm-hmm. and again, a lot of these guys being off contract, the halves, Shannon Boyd, etc., 
it wouldn't surprise me if they turn into a bit of a dark horse camber. But that's everything falling into place. Yeah. Your thoughts? On dark horse, I've got Parramatta. Got the Eels. All right. Top point scorer? I've gone Latrell Mitchell. You reckon he'll kick goals? I think right. he will. All righty. Well, looking at that side of things, as far as the odds are concerned, I've gone Gareth Whittle. I think uh, yeah, he scores enough tries, he kicks goals. I was right last year with Cleary, and I got some pretty good money for it. But this year, Jared Croker is the favourite, as always, because he probably scores more tries. 350 for him. Nathan Cleary, 450. Whittop at 750 stood out to me. I'm like, for a top three candidate, they're good odds. He's a good goal kicker, and he will score some tries. Uh, Kahu, he's at $9. Ponga, 10 Gutherson, 11 Reynolds, 11 uh, If you're going left to field like you, Latrell Mitchell's not even listed, and there's not a price for anyone. There's no Roosters player up here as a kicker. There you go. But Jonathan Thurston, if you think he's going to play no rep football... I'm, I'm not interested in going Jared Croker because Jared Croker, Nathan Cleary, like those yeah. guys, are going to be at the top every and that's year. I'm, I'm not interested. Widop I'm not going to bet on someone at 350. Nah, Widop at 750 is the standout for me. If Latrell Mitchell kicks goals, he's going to score 10, 15 tries. Yeah. And kicks I'll... goals for the Roosters, they're going to be top of the table. I'll back him in. Yep. Uh, so you're going to go with Mitchell. Yep. Top try scorer. I could have done the obvious, and I've done that most years. Vunavalu is seven dollars. Adokar is nine dollars. Rapana, French, Johnston—they're all eleven. Uh, Latrell, like you said, if you're a fan of him, he's seventeen dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a couple of blokes like Kotrick at twenty-one. Katoa, an outsider who's coming hard from the Sharks. Travoyevich twenty-three. I've got one left to field here, and it's because I think their side's so loaded, and he's on the right-hand side. With Thurston back, Morgan on the right, yeah, the way well, their I've team's played. I've got Kyle Felt. I went Kyle Felt yeah, so because I. I went through the odds, and I'm like, I want some juicy value. $26, yeah, Kyle Felt. So we're both on that. And if, we didn't share that info. No. If you want the more obvious ones, uh, Adokar, Vunuvalu, uh, $7, $9, all that kind of jazz. Scroll back up. The one that I liked, I like French at 11 11 And he'll push back to the wing, obviously, after yep. the start of the year. So... There's a bit of odds there. The Dally M value, this one's always hard to win. I've gone the sentimental pick. I think if this is Jonathan Thurston's last year, even though Morgan's probably going to be the more dominant, if he doesn't play rep football, he'll pick up some points. I went Talmalolo. So I've gone there, and we're both about the same. The favourite, Cameron Smith, $9. Talmalolo for Brock, 11 Thurston for me, 12 DCE at 13 I can't believe. Tedesco at $13, I think, is a good one if he has a good year there. Yeah, he's got um, If you go down, you got Whittop or someone if they have a good year, $19. What about Morgan? Michael Morgan, uh, by the looks of it, $23. That's yeah. a pretty good pick. Ben Hunt, 21. No. Corey Norman, uh, $21. Norman, Norman's been my, always been my outsider. Like last year, he was right up the top. Yeah, I'm with you. He's done that the last two years and then fallen away. The first year he got suspended and last year his form just fell away. So, so. I've gone Thurston. You've gone... Who'd you say, Stan? Tamalolo. You've gone Tamalolo. my outsider would be Norman. And your $100 sure bet, if you have to have one bet, that you suggest for all the punters out there? No, that's a hard one. Well, I'll give my one Go first. To, what's the odds? Yeah, I've gone the got? top Queensland team and it's already shortened in. It was $1.90 for North Queensland. They're yep. now $1.70 to be the top Queensland team. Go so. to make the grand final. To make the grand final. Yeah. Roosters to make the grand final. Roosters at $2.80. North Queensland, $3.25. Melbourne, $3.50. I think those three were the ones you're looking for. Outside of value, I'd say the Sharks or Parramatta, if you were going to go someone outside that, and they're both $7. I've got Roosters to make the grand final. That's my sure bet. There you go. Another one for me, halfway leader after How looking... How much? What price is that? $2.80. Yeah. Looking at Melbourne's draw, the halfway leader market. So this is after 12 rounds. They're leading the competition. Yeah. I think Melbourne play only one top four side from last year in the yeah. first 10 rounds. They're they paying start well. six fifty to lead mid-year. The Roosters, four twenty five. North Queensland, five fifty. That's a good market for me. 
So there you go. You've got all our future predictions, our premieres, all our bits and bobs. Our ladders 1 to 16, are we going to be right? Probably not. Most years, we probably get five to six of the top eight, which to me is pretty good. And yeah. there's always a couple that fall well short of where you think they're going to be, and there's always a couple that surprise. So everybody out there, don't take things personally. As we said, as always, if you do, give yourself a triple. Uh, we'll post some stuff up. Give us your thoughts. We'll put plenty of stuff up leading the competition. Your thoughts, top four, top eight, premieres, all these sorts of markets. But most importantly, we're back. We're back. It was a long one, but it always is. Two hours. Yep. Of the best. Another season ahead of us now. If we uh, downtrod your team, I'm sorry, but that's just our opinion. Someone's got to finish first. Someone's got to finish 16th. 100%. We're only going off. And I've put my team 15th, so there's no bias here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and I put mine third, and I honestly think that the Cowboys and the Roosters should probably get ahead of them. So, as always, no bias here from us at the fifth and last NRL podcast. Like we said before, if you're interested in any kind of sponsorship opportunity or even just having a chat to us, feel free to inbox us on the page. We're always interested in those opportunities. Fan questions next week. We'll get into that. You can give us some stuff before the season if you want to ask any questions or anything that wasn't clarified here on the show today. But if not, back to the regular week-by-week box head on the Monday or the Tuesday. Around football at the start of the year, we're probably going to have to do Tuesdays for the first few weeks Yeah, because we're still uh, coaching. But uh, after that, maybe Mondays. I don't know. Mondays would be better. Because the Thursday night game means we get in with a couple of extra yeah. days there for everybody out there. Well, but... at the moment, it'll be Tuesdays. But yeah, once that finishes up, the Harold Matts finishes up, will be Tuesdays. Oh, Mondays. Yep. And there you go. You've got our predictions for the year. 1 to 16s, premieres, all the others, overs and unders. Next week, the preview show, Mr. Gossett will return. We'll get MG's top eight off him if we can tee him up as well. And this year, another massive year ahead for all the listeners out there. Thank you for your support for the five years that we've been going. We hope you're back for year six. Make sure you share us with anyone else out there who loves rugby league. Let's make it another massive season. Looking forward to kickoff. Enjoy your week, and we are very close to rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.